0: Welcome, everybody. This is The Concrete Conservative with Ed Vidal. I'm starting a little earlier, earlier, you know, because I think we should make some comments about impeaching Donald J. J Trump.
1: Fake fake impeachment.
0: Fake impeachment. So do you realize how absolutely ridiculous it is to think that the nation's going to tolerate even the thought of impeaching john j trump i mean with these with an economy this strong and him getting out of everybody's way uh globally demanding all kinds of reparations uh defending our interests he's got uh i think the chinese really concerned about what's going on, and i wouldn't be surprised if he's uh inspiring the Hong Kong protesters. I must admit the only gripe I do have is him not uh, defending the Kurds. I'm tired of this country abandoning the Kurds. And, you know, the Kurds have got the best piece of real estate in Iraq, the most green, the most uh, with the largest freshwater reserves in Iraq, plus a little bit of oil, not a whole lot. But, a, I mean, the the Kurdish portion of Iraq has a considerable amount of potential if you carve it out. And guess who suggested that Iraq be carved out into Joe Biden. Th- Joe Biden, when he ran for president.
1: Listen, Manny, don't before you fall in love with the Kurds. Remember, the Kurds helped the Turks in the Armenian genocide.
0: Okay, they and did a
1: lot of the killing. So i we you know we need, we're not there to to take care of uh, other people necessarily. I mean, if they're allies, we should stand with them, but. Uh, I don't see that we. I mean, you
0: make a good course. point, a historical reference. Uh, but then again, you know, a passing judgment on Slaughterhouse Five, which is the Middle East, is there anybody in the Middle East who hasn't chopped other, other people's heads? I mean, who hasn't?
1: The Israelites.
0: The Israelites?
1: <laughs> David did. They didn't have
0: David to. Did. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. If you're going to go far, if you're going to go that far back.
1: Yeah, but we need to uh, be hard headed because the, the bipartisan complex defense uh, complex has been getting us into perpetual war for whatever reason and that's what we had in the middle east that's what we are in in afghanistan we go in there and we can't get out and we cannot continue doing that And i think trump is right we cannot simply can go in someplace and uh, become the local police officer uh and forever so we need to get out, and I think Trump has the right approach. He got rid of ISIS, which Barack Obama allowed to flourish and couldn't uh, contain and couldn't destroy.
0: No, I, I don't tried. even think he tried. <laughs> Pardon
1: me? No. He was, I think
0: he wanted the ISIS to— uh... He did
1: not want to beat ISIS. Obama is a Muslim, a Muslim jihadist, and he was working to promote the interests of Muslims like jihadists, like the the Iranian mullahs.
0: And meanwhile, he, su- he, he succeeded at being the Trojan horse because he Absolutely. he put 80,000 Muslims in the United
1: States. Uh, he did that, too. Look, uh, at, uh, Ilhan uh, Omar was elected <laughs>
0: by um, Mo- right. Omar.
1: And uh, Rashid Tlaib uh, was another one. So, yeah, that's what we have to face up to. We had a president for eight years who was a Muslim jihadist.
0: Well, the reason why—I was talking about this earlier. The reason why Barack Obama— shouldn't have uh, been allowed to run for president. It wasn't because he was born in Africa. It was the fact that his mother rescinded his citizenship to get him into the Barry Sotoro private school when she married Barry Sotoro. And when she in married Indiana. Barry Sotoro, that private school required you be Indonesian. So he, get, okay, well, he got him Indonesian citizenship. And then it was his job as an adult at 18 years of age to... Reclaim his citizenship that his mother had rescinded as a minor, which he had a right to do. But guess what he did instead? He got foreign aid.
1: Right. Well, he, have, uh, he, he came in as a foreign student.
0: The, after 18 years of age, right. meaning he was At, rescinding come, yeah. and galvanizing yeah. his decision. I agree. That explains why he ran for president with someone else's social security number.
1: All right. So let's now talk about our topic today. Is this week we're going to. Show have... me
0: the phone number because you can't say it out loud.
1: You, I gave it to you in writing.
0: Did you? Or did you text it to me? Oh, you know, there's a difference between those who are on radio and those who go to law school.
1: Yeah, well, today is uh, we're going to be looking at the American Priority Festival, which will be taking place Thursday through Saturday at the Trump Doral National Golf Club in uh, Doral, Florida. And it's kind of a festival and conference. And one of the speakers is going to be Wayne Allen Root, who is based in Los Angeles. He's a radio and television Personality, and we're going to get him on the phone right now. Manny is dialing the, the phone. Dialing for dollars. Right. Wayne is uh, based in La- in Las Vegas. He has a radio program, uh, and he also has on television. He's on w-, uh, w USA
0: Radio. Pardon me. Television shows USA Radio.
1: No, no yeah.
0: Well, It's radio show. No,
1: USA. He's on um, Newsmax. Newsmax. Right. Around seven or eight p.m. And he gave us two phones to call to make sure we got one of them.
0: Is it time for the second one? Okay, let's try the second one. Let's see. Come on, man. Come on. You know, live radio, uh, live radio like this, is kind of interesting for someone who's driving the car.
1: Right, but we should tell everyone that there is going to be this American Priority Conference uh, on Thursday through Saturday at the Trump Doral Golf Club. Hello, hello. Over there? Hello. Yes.
2: Okay, hey, Wayne,
1: Wayne, this is Ed Vidal with the Concrete Conservatives at WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Gain. Thank you for... Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. How are you? Great. Thank you. I was just uh, telling our audience that this week there's going to be the American Priority uh, Conference here in Miami at the Trump Doral, and you're going to be a speaker there, right?
2: I'm there. I'm flying in on Friday, and I'll be speaking at 1130 on Saturday morning, and you better uh, hold your hats, baby, because I bring a lot of energy with me. I'm like a hurricane blown into town.
0: <laughs> hey, I like Great. that. I like that. This is um, Mac. I'm, uh, I'm Evie Dow's co host. What is the gist of your, your speech, or are you going to keep it a surprise?
2: Well, I'm going to keep the exact details and specifics a surprise, but the generalities I could talk about. I mean, look, uh, I'm someone who the moment Trump Came down that escalator. You know, lots of people say they were the first. They always loved him. They thought he was great. They thought he'd win, but they didn't put their life on the line like I did. I put my life and my career on the line. I could have lost everything. You know, I'm a national TV personality, national radio personality, media personality, best selling author, and I put everything on the line and went all in. You know, I live in Vegas. I'm a gambler. I went all in on Donald Trump, and I did it publicly. Anyone could say, I told my 12 friends Trump's going to win, or I told all my 12 friends, he'll be good for America. But very few people are willing to say that out loud when the polls show he was going to lose by, you know, a million. You know, when he first announced, he was at 1% in the polls. And then when he finally was close to winning the nomination, it showed he'd get slaughtered by Hillary by, you know, double digits. And then days before the actual election, he was still down by double digits, according to all the big polls. Reuters, I think, had him down like 16 points. So to go out there in public and say, hey, I'm a smart guy, and I'm telling you, the polls are all wrong. They're all fixed. They're all fraud. And Trump's going to win the election. He's going to be the greatest president in history. And then I got booked by the Money Show to come out and give a speech. This was the Dallas Money Show. I speak at their Vegas one every year and at their San Francisco one every year. But they asked me to come out and do the Dallas one, which was late October of 2016. And uh, you know that was right before the election and everybody thought Trump was gonna lose and I gave a speech that day that not only do I know Trump's gonna win but when he wins it's gonna be the greatest stock market the greatest economy the greatest jobs creator for middle-class people gonna be the greatest energy market he's gonna turn us to the energy capital of the world and he's gonna be this amazing hurricane that helps small business creation and all of that has come true so I mean I have been looking into a crystal ball it's all come true and I'm telling you everything that's happening now now I'll give a speech about the fact that everything that's happening now is a conspiracy because the, the other side, the liberals, the Democrats, the
0: globalists, <laughs> the socialists, the communists, the Marxists, the whole group of them, can't I can, I? can can I, can't stand the fact that Trump won and they try
2: to overturn the election. They're never gonna win. Never. Trump's stronger than all of them.
0: Yes, I, I wanted to add another nickname for the Democrats. Um, I say it all the time and I think we should continue and I want it to go viral. Which is instead of calling them Democrats, it's called Demo Commies.
2: the Communist Party agenda, not, not even, you know, let's not even go back to Marx and Engels and all that, the original Communist agenda, but let's, let's talk about the Communist Party of America today. I dare you to go to their website and look at their agenda and tell me the difference between their agenda and the Democratic Party. There is none. It's, it's just a matter of when you get there. So in other words, the Communist Party tomorrow wants to take all our money away from us and all our cars away from us and all our homes away from us and loot our bank accounts and, and make us all miserable, just like for del castro in cuba or just like uh venezuela right. and they want to do it tomorrow and the democratic party wants to take the same path use the same agenda the same policies and they just want to get us there a little bit slower you know maybe in uh, uh, in uh, AOC's, you know alexandria Castillo right. cortez's okay. case maybe 12 years from now uh in some cases you know maybe in the next 20 years in some cases maybe in five years but in the end they want to get us to the same place as the communist party and what i say to everybody is i have four kids And uh, you know, two of them are in juniors high and high school, and one of them's in college. The other one's getting her Ph.D. They're all bright kids. They're all at the top of their class in this, you know, in every test they take. They're top one half, and one half, and one percent of the country. And I say the same thing to you that I'll say to them. Can you even imagine if you work the hardest in your whole classroom? And you study the most in your whole classroom. And you give a damn the most in your whole classroom. And you're the smartest in your classroom. And you give up parties. And you give up fun. And you don't do drugs. And you don't drink. And the rest of your class doesn't give a damn. And they all drink. And they all party. And they all do drugs. And they smoke pot all day. And they're, they're you know out getting chicks pregnant. And you get a 100 on your exam. And they get a 25. And the teacher says, well, it doesn't really matter. Everybody gets a C. Well, explain to me how that would work. Explain to me what classroom that would work in. If everybody gets the same seat, no matter how hard they work... No matter how hard they try, your A gets turned into a C, and the other guy's F gets turned into a C, and you're all equal. And that's why Cuba's a failure and everyone lives in misery. That's why Venezuela's a failure and everyone lives in misery. That's why everybody is eating, you know, drinking sewage and and eating from the uh, zebras at the zoo, because there is no food on the shelves in a communist country or a socialist country. Because if you make everyone equal, there is no...
1: With you, especially because you're talking to a couple of Cuban American immigrants, so we know the story.
0: Wait a second, I'm an American well, Cuban. I was born here, I, I, I was agree. born here. Was born there. But let but, me uh, ask you, the,
1: I agree with everything you said. But why is it that people like Bernie Sanders and now Elizabeth Warren are getting so much traction? Why are their polling numbers so high? Who? Why? Why do people even? Well, the free the them?
0: free educations one. Therefore, well, you're going to drop out let of class three it, or four times.
1: I. Okay. We agree, but why do we have to deal with, why did we have Obama for two terms?
2: Lanes, I think, pretty much what's going on. Because I don't think they have any support. You know, I think their support is eight miles wide, and an inch thick. It doesn't matter. It's mostly media, manufactured, artificial. It's not really there. You know, because Bernie Sanders, let's face it, you know, until he had his heart attack, I'm not sure where that's going to lead him and whether anyone's going to vote for a man who's, who's going to be 80, uh, you know, by the time he's, he's elected president and he's already had heart attacks. Seems to me he's disqualified. But but let's take the fact that as of two weeks ago, Bernie Sanders was one of the three contenders at the top of the Democratic you know, presidential nomination process with a great shot at winning the Democratic presidential nomination. And he comes to my town, Las Vegas, on a Saturday three weeks ago, And on the same time, on the same day, in the same city, Vegas, I had a speech scheduled for that day. Uh, His was, you know, a presidential contender coming to town. Oh my God! And mine was just Wayne Root, the radio talk show host, the TV host, the newspaper columnist, giving a speech at the Republican Club of Sun City, which is the age community in Las Vegas. We have to be 55 and over, so a bunch of senior citizens invited me to speak. I said yes six months ago, and I didn't even realize it was that Saturday called me on Friday and said, you coming tomorrow? And I said, okay, great. So Bernie Sanders is in town. I'm in town. We're speaking at the same time. Last I checked, I'm not running for president. Last I checked, I didn't raise $20 million last quarter. Last I checked, I don't have $100 million in the bank. Last I checked, I'm not as famous as Bernie Sanders. And yet, 100 people showed up for Bernie Sanders. And that's not me talking. That's the Washington Post who's on his side. 100 people showed up for a Democrat presidential frontrunner. And over 300 crazy, screaming, enthusiastic people showed up for Wayne Root, who's not even running for president. Same town, same day. Listen, they don't have any anybody supporting them. What they've got is the media lying for them. The media makes believe someone supports Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Beto O'Rourke. They've got nothing. Donald Trump gets 20,000 people in a stadium, 30,000, 60,000 at Reliance Stadium in Houston, 60,000 Indians, now American citizens from India, screaming for President Trump about a month ago on a Sunday. Only station that covered it was Fox News. These guys can't get 100 people in a phone booth. It's, it's unbelievable. And yet I got 300. I'm not running. And everyone in the room was excited I was there because they love Trump and they know I'm his biggest supporter. So I don't think they have anything. I don't think they have any chance of winning. I think Trump's going to win in a landslide. I think they know that. The real polls that they've got show that Trump's going to win by a landslide. And so they are so scared, petrified, they can't beat him, that all they could do is take him down and impeach him. And that's their only option left.
0: That's it's
1: true. Congressman Al Green from Houston admitted that they couldn't beat him so they had to try to impeach him.
2: Correct. That's it. That's all they got. And listen, my my problem is that's all I got cuz I got to run to do my own radio show and my own TV show and I got to get all my uh, my articles ready for the show. So I don't have that much time with you today. So I'm hoping we can wrap it up in the next couple of
0: minutes. Oh, absolutely. I can't thank you enough for calling. It's uh, you know, you you hit it with a machine gun. And you, you, un, you unloaded the entire magazine on our audience, which we appreciate here at the Concrete Conservative because there's no cracks in our, in our slab. And uh, we wish you all the best. I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think the Democratic Party is uh, a bunch of politically bipolar people who uh, seem to drive down the birth rate of the very group of people they need to fund their social welfare net in the future. So that's how I look at it. They're just bipolar. I call them uh, progressive and virus infected folks.
2: Okay, you know, so go. you're going to be go. there, there go. at they 10? me War the Warrior, and I'm out there like Trump. Nothing scares me, nothing makes me back down and like Trump, I don't back down, I double down. And that's what we all have to think about. We got to we don't back down, we double down. We know we're right. Stop apologizing. Stop making believe that we should it shouldn't say something that's the truth and is a fact just because some idiot calls it racist. The truth is the truth. It's not racist, it's the truth. If you want to talk about something about death rates in Chicago, you know, you want to talk about uh, mass murder, I'll talk about Chicago. Democrat rural city with mass murder every weekend. It's just not one person killing 30, 40 people. It's 30, 40 people getting shot or dying every weekend at the hands of 30 or 40 separate people. But it's still mass murder, and it happens every weekend in urban areas and inner cities of the United States run by Democrats with strict gun control. So I don't back down. you never taken my guns away from me. You can take them from my cold, dead hands. I don't apologize. Call me racist. I don't give a damn. I just tell the truth like my president and let call us what they want he's winning I'm winning you two are winning your show's winning we're all gonna win just stick tight and stick with each other it's one for all and all for one never back down and hopefully everybody listening will come see me at the uh Doral Trump Doral in Miami Florida this weekend I speak at 11:30 on Saturday morning Wayne Allen Root and you can find out about the tickets at Americanpriority.com
0: God bless right. you, Amen, and stay free.
2: Thank you. Thanks, guys. God bless.
0: Bye, Thank bye. You. Bye, bye. That was good.
1: All right, that was
0: you I, told... <laughs> I, I, I think he had some coffee before he called us. That yeah, was very I good. Think he has coffee all day. And, yeah, you know, and um, natural coffee. These are the things that I've been trying to get Ed to, you know, give us enough time before he schedules all these callers to give us a, a, enough time to do these rants. It's I would love to for you to give me enough time to rant.
1: Yo, you you want to rant? And
0: he keeps on giving me like hand signals that let the caller talk and let the caller talk. Wait a minute.
1: Well, now you can rant. Go ahead and. Rant. Yeah.
0: Well, now what? How many time? How many minutes do I have before the next caller? Well,
1: we don't, I don't know. I hope our next caller will call be in because he is uh, the or, an organizer. He wanted to call in an organizer of this American Priority Festival that's taking place this weekend at Trump Tower. Well, Wayne
0: just machine gunned us, and I really wanted to ask him if he had heard Candace Owens' speech introdu- introducing Trump the other day at the White House, nice. and he ba- she basically emphasized in a very strong manner what was ailing this country was black-on-black crime. Absolutely. And she just—
1: Well, uh, not just black-on-black crime. Black fathers abandoning their children, black mothers— aborting their children at three times the national average and then black brothers shooting each other and that's what happens in chicago in baltimore st louis every weekend and nobody wants to talk about it because it's the fault of the guns but that's that's who's doing it and also and you, if you look at chicago and other cities like that the democrat machine does not uh, prosecute gun violence gun criminals criminals that abuse guns are treated leniently because those criminals are their voters. that's Those are their constituents. So they go after the guns and not against the people that pull the trigger. And that's why you have a continuation of all this gun violence. But let me tell our, our listeners, uh, as I've said, there's going to be a, a convention, a conference, a festival at the Trump Doral this weekend. And there will be a lot of good speakers. So let me go through. First one, they have Donald Trump Jr., and he comes with Kimberly Guilfoyle, so he'll be one of the featured speakers. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be doing a prayer breakfast on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. together with the uh, the niece of Martin Luther King, uh, Alveda King. So that's going to be that's a very popular event. Nine o'clock on Saturday morning, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be uh, uh, joining in a prayer breakfast. Uh, we have other people: Congressman Matt Goetz from the Florida Panhandle. Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA will be one of the featured speakers. He's speaking at 4.30 p.m. on Friday. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza will also be there. He'll be speaking at 1 p.m. on on Friday. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Jason Chaffetz, former congressman, now at Fox News, not a supporter of uh, Convention of States, but we can certainly talk him out of it. Uh, he'll be there. He'll be signing. He's to- one of
0: those who fears... The left showing up at the convention. convention. Yeah.
1: The left, I, that's not very likely, but anyway. It isn't very chance, likely. I'll get a chance to talk to them. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch will be there. They have been some of the best at getting information, free, using the Freedom of Information Act to get information out of the federal bureaucracy. They really are doing a good job. James O'Keefe <laughs> will be there. He'll be speaking at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday. James O'Keefe,
0: did he ever get prosecuted for... For no, the videotaping he did on the no, Planned Parenthood.
1: No, it's F- another guy, uh, Deliden, in uh, California. He's the one that that filmed the uh, Planned Parenthood doctor uh, selling baby parts. And I so, can't.
0: I I can't. Somehow I gotta find a way to keep you from touching the microphone.
1: Okay, I won't touch the microphone.
0: Every time you touch the microphone, the audience is hearing pa
1: okay, okay, all right. So that's not a machine gun. All right. So let me see what other. Other people are going to be there. I will be speaking on behalf of Oh, Convention you State should have said that first. At 11.30 a.m. on Friday, one of the breakout sessions. That's
0: when they pass out the, the Cracker Jacks, right before you come on the air, right? I
1: don't know. No. I'll be, I don't know if I'll be on the air, but uh, Nancy Suits will be there. Keith Bissett will be uh, doing the, the technical work, and there'll be other Convention State volunteers there. So that you'll be,
0: be talking on the podium at what time?
1: 11.30 in one of the breakout rooms.
0: One of the breakout rooms. Yes,
1: 11:30. There's a breakout before lunch. Uh, they have two other things. I, I don't know what they are, but I'll be doing it. The uh, convention of states we have a videotape presentation. I'll be there answering questions. Runaway convention, building the uh, uh, changing. How the, fast do uh, you to- think you'll
0: get that question?
1: Oh, I don't know. Whenever it depends. Uh, you, I'm, I'm ready for it.
0: I've in never, fact, I've never been in any event of convention of states without well, the, someone bringing up.
1: Doesn't bring that up. Yes. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, later this month i will be uh be at a federalist society dinner downtown where
0: you get uh, to be with all your homies oh, my homie, all my yeah. all the old all the old yeah, attorneys we'll, we'll, we'll go over the, the uh, old and grand old party
1: the new uh the, the new term for the supreme court and that's always a concern among the people at those events runaway convention so i i'll be ready to answer them they, do they
0: say it too there are there are there birchers in there
1: no, no, no! It's federalist society. I know, but are there Birchers in no, there? No, there are no John Birchers. I think I'm pretty
0: nobody sure. like hiding. John Birchers come up with that. They took that. No,
1: no, and then nobody gets up and says, "Oh, we got to eat the children. Or something like <laughs> eat yeah, the babies."
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a thing, man. That's you know, sure. and the thing is that the eat the babies was also very popular in, in the in the 1800s. There was uh, uh Jonathan
1: bef- Swift, A Modest Proposal, in 1729. He said the uh the uh the the Irish didn't have enough to eat, so they said they should eat the but that was parody that was you know just no the, but
0: there there was an issue over uh stop breeding low lives and stop breeding poor people Well,
1: that was uh Margaret Sanger who went no to that's here in the states, but in Europe it was eugenics. very popular
0: to reduce the well, population of
1: the Europeans did certainly the British that they would just send them to the colonies like to America or Canada, to australia Australia. Uh, so we, you know, we welcome all these people here in America, and we turn them into Americans. That's what we've got to keep doing.
0: Yeah, but keep turning but, them into Americans. Well, what do you, you know, what do you do when they don't want to turn into Americans? Then like you send them back, like Nicaraguans, Mexicans, yeah, they Panamanians. Gotta,
1: darn, they, they cannot be flying a Mexican flag in in uh, Texas, like they The doing verdict today. is still out
0: on the new Cubans. I what's that? I haven't polled the new Cubans to know if they. Since they get their citizenship so quickly and so freely. Well, I don't know. Do I don't they... think there are
1: that many people coming from Cuba anymore. But,
0: uh, since wet foot, dry foot?
1: I don't know. Uh, since 1994, you mean. Yeah, but I know some very conservative Cubans that have come in the 90s. So
0: well, Because they, they were successful in life.
1: Well, yeah, and they were, su- you know, they were successful in Cuba. Like I, I met one lady. She's now 75. But in 1991, she was one of about 300 professionals. She's a math teacher who wrote a letter to the United Nations complaining that Cuba didn't have elections and didn't have respect for the rule of law, and she got thrown in jail. She got thrown in jail, this uh, African-Cuban lady, math teacher, for uh, complaining, and then after a year, they just let her out and and send her off, and fortunately, she came here, and she told me that she took uh, food stamps for one month, and then since then, she's been working as a math teacher. Uh, Very, very bright, uh, dynamic, bourgeois, Person that's the kind of immigrant we want. Somebody who comes lawfully, who comes voluntarily, and who makes something of herself. So, okay,
0: but uh, please define bourgeois.
1: Bourgeois means middle class, uh, having middle class values like church, family, school.
0: But how much churches she have? You got to put that She's one in question. Roman
1: Catholic or you know, whatever they had in Cuba. She was, she was one of those. There's still. Well, my white, my friend, the friends, somebody, most, uh, su- the, the friends
0: that I know most of the friends that I know. Uh, from Cuba, actually, were uh, Communist Party. Well,
1: that's the kind of guys you hung out with. But uh, Communist
0: is... Party sons and daughters of, uh, kind of like, nah, I shouldn't say founders, but they never in the They were in the system, and they deplored. They were like they just couldn't stand their parents, couldn't stand their cousins, couldn't stand everybody. And they Came to Miami. They to, came to the United to States. Work. They were painting everybody's side. They were they were disruptive in all the functions and mm. stuff. They went to military school. They they played by the rules in, in terms of finding their way out because they couldn't find a way out. So they just started becoming a problem for their parents. And uh, the parents saw to it that they got to Miami. And guess what? They founded uh, the, a kiosk where, you know those kiosks where you buy brushes and combs and shavers and okay. at Dayland Mall, Bayside Mall? Mm-hmm. And uh, they boomed. Now they're in oh, free good. they're so in free a, zones in Tampa, of, uh, and guess what? They uh, both of them, the two founders, uh, they uh, supported me when we hosted the uh, Marco Rubio event back okay. in 2010. So they're
1: conservative Republicans,
0: and they maxed out their donations. That's and we hosted right. an event, and we put Marco Rubio on the map when he was getting ready to
1: when he was getting started to take on. No,
0: Trump he was Trump. getting ready to leave the race because he wasn't raising any money, oh, and was I the only thing I needed to know was the life is real speech he gave on the floor of the Florida House, and to basically do a function here on the key where nobody else was supporting him. And this was the home of a lot of executive board members, a few of them, of the Republican Party of Florida, who also weren't supporting him against an incoming governor, an outgoing governor who's running... Charlie Crist. And look, those... Those uh, twenty-eight thousand bucks that were raised that day uh, gave him the mojo he needed, and and what did I get for it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Nothing. But that's what you get for
1: counting on politicians, and that's going to be part of my message at the. Uh, I convention- just wanted to thank you. Convention. No, thank you. At the convention of states, one like of thank things me, I'm gonna don't say, spank me. They o- they always say, you know, what do you are you guys really going to be able to do a convention of states? And the answer we yes. have is yes. We can do it and we're gonna keep pushing for it. But while we're pushing it, what's for your favorite
0: uh, what's your favorite word? Push. Oh wow, I like okay, that. So he answered that we're quickly. Keep pushing for push, it. Push,
1: push. At the same time we're push, push in the bush on, we're push part of push. citizens for self governance. So we want to change the the climate of opinion so that people become more freedom loving, support limited government. Milton Friedman said that we would be we conservatives would be winning. Not when we elected the right people, but when the wrong people did the right thing. Because too often we elect the right people, we think they're the right people, and then they don't do the right thing. They are corrupted by the power, which corrupts. But Friedman said that we would be winning when we elected the wrong people, but then because of the climate of opinion, where they understood that everybody wanted fiscal responsibility, limited government, free enterprise – they would do the right thing, and that's part of what we're doing with the Convention of States. We're pushing a specific project, but we're also changing the tone of opinion, the tone of public opinion, so you can stand up and say, look, we need fiscal responsibility from both parties. We need uh, limited government. We need the respect for the rule of law. Therefore, illegal immigration and illegal aliens are wrong because they're undermining our rule of law. We need to get people off of welfare and get to work, and that's one of the things that Wayne Allen Root said. The Trumpster has created has allowed the creation of many more jobs.
0: So well, even even we when he play. talked, go ahead, and as you're talking, yeah, Uh you all talk uh, on the surface, yeah, they they're sound bites, but they're not they're not consistent with consistency. In other words, how is it? We, how is it that we, you, me, anybody says that we got to change the climate of opinion when in fact, if you don't get to the root of of what the thermometer, where the thermometer is on that climate of opinion, it's in the schools and you guys bypass that. And therefore, if you're doing it from the top down, it's not going to happen. Why? Because you'll have just one week of climate of opinion. And the next week, it'll go right back. Look what we did. Just because two planes, supposedly two planes hit two towers and another hit the Pentagon. And another one went into the dirt in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Because of these incidents, it gave the Republican Party the right to double the size of the federal government. I agree. Okay. Okay. So if that's... Why do you guys keep on talking on those terms? I mean, it sounds great from Machine Gun Eddie over here uh, who just blasted us from...
1: Machine Gun Wayne.
0: Yeah. like like Machine Gun Eddie is, you know, consistent with the movie. And, you know, you guys got to get it. And if you don't get it, where I'm coming from... Get what? Get to thin slice, get to the core of why we are here today. And we're here one reason alone... And remember, it's like 10 million people turning 18 like every freaking year. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people turning 18. Now, thank God, not all of them go and register to vote that first year. But by the next five years, between 18 and what? 23? They tend to register to vote. And guess what? They're voting independent and Democrat just because of the numbers. So if you guys keep on talking to this, blah, 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 blah.
1: So what do you think we have to address the school situation?
0: Not only is it the stress of school situation, it could be nothing else on our minds. So that when we benefit from it, you and I are dead. We'll never see it. Oh, that's, fine. And that's the first words out of my mouth at Convention of States, isn't it? Every time you heard me speak at Convention of States, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I always say gentlemen, and then I say ladies and gentlemen. Because I forget that, you know, there's women in there. Look around you. Nobody under the age of 20 is here. Nobody under the age of 30, oh, no, there's one. And I would f- always find one or two 30-year-old guys. They, We are doing this for them. And that's the f- And I always say it in the very first hour, so people associate me with that, with reminder, you're not going to see these benefits. If we're going to get rid of the income tax, guess what? It might be after you stop paying income tax, but you got to get rid of it and until you realize that what's what's really obvious is those three things have to be repealed. I'm really the cave on the third, which is the, the Federal Reserve, because I'm worried about central banks failing again, you know? So even though the Federal Reserve is a con, it's a real scant money... Well, mon- we
1: need to go back to uh, sound money.
0: Well, uh, how?
1: Regardless of whether we have a Fed you got to put your
0: hands into the industry of gold mining yeah, industries? Yep, yep, Those people are going to lie and tell us all kinds of stories of what kind of gold they found, just like the De Beers do with the diamonds. Think about that. It's a very good comparison, only I am making it here on the Concrete Conservative at WSQF 94.5. I think we haven't even said that in this hour. You're listening to WSQF 94.5. This yeah, is the Concrete Conservatives show with Ed Victorious Vidal and Mac on the Rock, which is yours truly. I'm telling you, think of what the De Beers family has done to the diamond trade. If we go back to the gold standard, who is going to be that party that controls the gold mining in this country? Only to find if we out. If you
1: don't have a gold standard, then how else are you provide an anchor for the currency?
0: The consumption tax will do it organically, based on taxes broken down not on the sale of all goods. Certain taxes for certain goods go to certain departments in the federal government, and you have to stop grabbing your microphone. I know that the microphone looks like something, but it doesn't mean you can be grabbing it all the time. Those days have passed, you Ed. You're no longer 13. You can't be grabbing the microphone anymore. I know you want to, but just lean in and talk. It's not going anywhere. I want to remind you, really, that you have to reinvent the United States. You can't reform it. To reinvent it, because only because there's new people coming who don't know what the origins of this country were because it was stolen from their textbooks. This is the point of it. And Mr. Wayne Allen Root, Machine Gun Eddie, blasted me. Uh, I'm now motivated to go to the Doral this weekend. I don't know if the thing is that it's my birthday. I should treat myself to this, shouldn't I? What better, what better thing to do than to be with Ed in one of the sideshows? Ed's probably going to have all the, the mavericks and rebellious people listening to Convention Estates. And what are we serving, Kool-Aid or what? Because that's what they're going to accuse us of serving, the Kool-Aid.
1: Well, we're also going to have uh, other people there. Brandon Straka from The Walk Away. He's a homosexual who's walked away from the Democrat Party. Dana Loesch, who is—
0: Dana's going to be there?
1: She's Second Amendment spokesman. Uh, she's very Did effective. you
0: already talk me up with her? Because, you know, I want to talk to
1: her. I don't know. Um, and there'll be a lot of entertainers. There's a deplorable choir. <laughs> Deplorable Choir. I don't know about that. Uh, Joy Villa will be uh, singing. Uh, I don't know if you know Wayne Dupree. He's yeah, a, man, he's cool. African-American conservative from the, uh, Baltimore. He'll be there. i got to talk to him about the urban. Oh, you gotta uh, listen.
0: You got to listen to Candace then.
1: Candace, I don't think will be there. Candace. No, Owens, but
0: she's got to. She she's threw... not
1: going to be there as far as I know. Wayne Allen Root. Of course, we already talked to him. Anna Paulina. Luna, who will be calling in later. She's going to be running for Congress against uh, Charlie Crist, one of your favorites. So there will be a lot of people. It will be uh, – Laura Loomer will be there.
0: I'm telling you, man, you
1: – A lot of people that have called into our program will be there. So that's I think a they good sh- sign. I mean, I think they got a lot of good exposure when they called after they called in. So that's I- good.
0: I-, I wanted to know if um... – if uh,
1: Dr. Gina Loudon, who's on uh, Fox every now and then,
0: yes, very very elegant looking lady, and um, I think it's time. For, you think it would be time for me to dance salsa with Kimberly Guilfoyle on stage? I don't
1: know. You might get shot by the security guards. Oh, security. Uh, George Papadopoulos is scheduled to be uh, making appearance as well. That dud? Yeah, he'll. You can tell. You know, well, you at can,
0: least he took one for the team. You know what I mean?
1: I don't know, but uh, you know, you can trade stories. Okay, here's another guy who's going to be there, Andrew Pollack.
0: Oh, I want to
1: talk to him about why Meadow died. We you know, we need to talk to him. He was interviewed on the radio and the only alternatives he realized, he he chronicled. He provided all the research for why public schools operated by unionized government bureaucrats don't work. But then he couldn't reach the conclusion that you had to have different kinds of public schools. So when he was asked what are the alternatives, he said, first, move to a different school district, which is not good, because in Florida, the school districts are by county, so you have to change county, not only change a city, but also change a county. Second, he said, send your kids to private schools, which might be okay, but they're very expensive. And so you know what are we paying taxes for if we can't use the public schools? And finally, he said, homeschooling not once did he talk about school choice about vouchers charter schools parent uh, trigger laws anything like that so i want to talk to him about that and and see if we can get him to uh acknowledge that we need to have a different approach we don't have to put up with the uh public schools as they're offered to us uh controlled and operated by unionized government bureaucrats so i think uh, this will be good and finally one of my heroes in the tea party movement Catherine Engelbrecht will be there. She founded uh, True the Vote. She's from Houston. She was harassed by Lois Lerner and the IRS, and she survived the whole thing. She was the leader of King Street Patriots in Houston, and she's now very active in the voter integrity movement. So I'm looking forward. Yeah, I remember
0: to her. Uh, wasn't she the one that had very strained testimony in front of Congress about being? Yeah,
1: yeah. Elijah Cummings was uh, giving her a hard time. She was her family and her family business totally harassed. By the Obama police state. Lois Lerner and the IRS.
0: Because talked, they shot Tea Party in her registration. She was a
1: founder of a Tea Party. She had, uh, she had the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms came in because they were a machine to, uh, machining company for drill bits, Texas energy business. They had OSHA inspecting them. They had uh, the IRS, of course, and other government agencies all crawling all over them. They were audited by the IRS as well. So this is another example of the Obama police state opposing and undermining their opponents, and that's what uh, we have to fight against. So she is a real hero in my books. And then, you know, as we saw, Obama was one of the hardest at uh, chasing down whistleblowers. He was... uh, Surveilling the the press, James Rosen from Fox News. So I yeah, whatever
0: su- happened to James Rosen? Uh, he must have not renewed his contract. I or... don't
1: know where he went. Because uh,
0: he's a real pro. He was a real yeah, pro.
1: professional guy.
0: And uh, he, you haven't seen where he's shown up, huh? No,
1: that's right. And so and then it, so I'm not surprised that Obama mobilized the FBI with James Comey, the CIA with his spy master John Brennan, the Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, the Department of Justice to surveil a political opposition, to cover up the crimes of his favorite uh, candidate, uh, Hillary Clinton, and then once he lost the election, to undermine the the transition and really to stage a coup against a duly elected president. The Obama police state was there from the beginning. Let's see who this is. It could be Alex Phillips, who is putting together the American Priority event.
0: This is the Concrete Conservative, WSQF 94.5. You're speaking to Mac and Ed Vidal. Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? Hey, this is Alex Phillips from American Priority. Thank you very much for calling.
1: Hey, Alex, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Good. We're uh, we're featuring your conference uh, that you're having in Miami this week, so maybe you can tell us about it. We already had Wayne Allen Root, who is loaded for bear. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Wayne is loaded for bear Yeah, so this is a a conference we're having in Miami this week It's called American Priority Festival and Conference And we had that festival part of it because we're going to have some fun As well as learning some new things and some old things And we're going to teach people about grassroots organizing uh, From the leadership organization, leadership uh, people That are going to have their uh, classes on grassroots training We're going to have uh, a lot of speakers. We're going to talk about a lot of issues, uh, but we're also going to have some fun. We have a golf tournament on Thursday to raise funds for the American King Foundation and for Walk Away Campaign. It's going to kick off in the morning on Thursday. uh, And then that evening, the conference kicks off with uh, various speakers, and then we're going to ease into uh, some more festival activities with some MAGA comedy from some great people like terence williams and evan say we're going to have the deplorable choir do some singing and then we're going to have a nightcap with robert davi on thursday night doing his sinatra performance and then Not the right. next morning on friday we kick off with uh speakers and panels the uh, entire day book signing activities uh and then That evening, we're going to split off in two different groups, and some people are going to have uh, a movie premiere uh, called No uh, No Safe Spaces, which is a a screening, a movie coming out next month, and then uh, another part of the group is going to go off to uh, a party uh, yacht uh, in Miami, and then we'll be back on Saturday morning with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, doing a prayer breakfast. And uh, more speakers and panels the rest of the day.
0: So who gets picked for the part for the uh, the party boat? I'm sure that uh, is there well, a waiting list
1: for the VIP speakers like <laughs> uh, Ed Vidal.
0: Oh, the speakers get to be on the party boat,
1: right? Yeah. So we've got we're going to have some we have some VIP speakers and VIP
3: attendees. Now on on Friday night, uh, Friday evening, uh, the speaking uh, speakers are going to kind of uh, focus on a lot of issues related to free speech, big tech censorship. Uh, and what's going on with voter fraud, and then we're going to kind of cap off the
1: speaking with uh, Donald Trump Jr. Great.
0: Uh, I can see that. All right. So he's, gonna, he's the, uh, the the game buster.
1: Yeah, you you have really good uh, – we're going through a lot of the speakers, and uh, you got Christian Toto. He's from Hollywood. He covers the yeah. Hollywood scene.
3: Yeah, we actually have quite a few people from Hollywood that are going to have a panel – Uh, and talk about, we call it the red carpet censorship. And that's basically, you know, anyone that's in Hollywood uh, that decides they want to be a conservative or not follow along with the liberal points of view, or I like to call it just be practical and sensible, um, gets shunned. And so they're going to talk about some of
0: that and how they've had to struggle uh, through that issue. Okay, so tell us a little bit uh, what's the metamorphosis of the priority summit. Uh, how would how how did it come to be and why did you choose Miami? Is is this uh, uh the first or the or or one of many? Give my audience some idea how, how it all began. Our first
3: event was in D C and basically um, I come from uh the internet industry and so I understand uh the internet industry from you know all the way back to dial up days and, and I've seen how it's grown uh, and how it's evolved. And the biggest concern that I have right now is free speech. And to me, free speech is the number one priority, because without our ability to speak on issues and talk about our positions on stuff, you know, basically legal kind of com- conversation online, um, you can't decide, you know, what to do. Government doesn't know what's going on. And I think i very concerned about this. Censorship of conservatives is becoming a a hot topic
0: obviously yeah i can't even use uh <laughs> it it strikes a chord with me because it was the uh it was a process uh, it was uh, the the process for which i uh, uh built this radio station losing my freedom of speech uh fighting uh, uh trying to convert a school to charter for the first time in florida history and it was terrible i was pta president at the time and i wasn't even allowed to talk about the benefits of what i was offering in a parent you know i was the heckler in the back and then i was they demanded i resign and i just you know i was appalled considering my parents came to this country so that i would never lose my freedom of speech so i'm very happy that that's motivated you because it sure motivated me so what i lost for i lost my speech for 1 mile and i bought it back with this radio station for 10 miles so only in america i hear you right. i hear you loud and clear so what- so some of the philosophies that we have of course
3: focusing on free speech is sort of multifaceted so one of course we talk about the issues of free speech we talk about the, the technology that's being used to suppress free speech but I also try to uh, support um, upstarts so if you look at our speaker list you know we've got you know anybody from you know Don Jr. Sarah Huckabee Sanders but well, we also have people that you haven't heard of and so we try to highlight people now last year at our event we brought in a really hot speaker, uh, literally right out of jail, and that was uh, George Papadopoulos.
1: And oh, great. we
3: gave him center stage at our conference and allowed him to be interviewed by uh, what I call citizen journalists instead of you know just the, the, the media, the mainstream media getting a chance to talk to him. Citizen journalists interviewed George Papadopoulos and his wife, Simona, right after he got released from, uh, from jail uh, regarding his... You know, quote unquote offense with the FBI. And he talked about what was going on. So he got the. He, he was interviewed by a, a YouTube journalist uh, called Mike Cernovich. He was interviewed by Tracy Beans. Uh, he was also interviewed by One American News. <clears throat> but basically, what we did is we tried to, to give those people a, a larger platform to boost them up. Because obviously, ABC, CBS, NBC, they've got their platform. They don't really need a boost. So we gave. We give people that are citizen journalists, the people that are actually out there using their free speech to try to keep regular citizens like myself informed about what's going on, or provide an alternative point of view, or basically just provide the news uh, that's unvarnished and straight, you know, straight to the point. So I, I like to try to do that. At our- as opposed to talking about what the Washington Post or the New York Times you know, reported about an issue. So this is all news, new stuff for these people to be able to report on and give them an opportunity to meet some of these people firsthand without having to go through the filter of the mainstream media.
1: Are you doing anything with John Dolan of the uh, media matters down here?
3: Yeah, we've been working with John Dolan on a couple of uh, things. He's been helping us with, uh, with promotions He's going to have a booth at our event. His uh, organization is going to be covering our event as well.
0: So we're very excited about that. Is there going to be a rally uh, to defend our president over the impeachment? Or that was sprung up on you?
3: Everybody has what they think is their number one thing that should be done. And the free speech part of that allows us to all talk about this without being shunned. Uh, the left and the mainstream media suppresses people that don't talk the narrative uh, talking point. So if we start talking about things, we want to try to figure out – you know, is theres is there 10 things that we can do, that we can focus on as an American society, as a government, that if we can get these things done, these things fixed, then what will that result in the next 10 or 100 things being fixed? Because so much of what goes on in D.C. today is what I consider Band-Aid or treating the symptoms, never actually trying to look for a cure to the source of the problem. And so like President Trump, for example, he's focusing on some key issues. One issue is with economics. So... Bringing jobs back to our America means that people have more jobs, people make more money. The economy is better in the United States. Stop sending jobs overseas. Stop sending money out of the country for no apparent reason. Uh, secure our, bur- our borders. Basically plugging up all the leaks. You know, if you're in a boat that's leaking, if you spend your entire day bailing out, you never get to go anywhere. But if you can spend some time rowing without having to worry about bailing the ship, you can go someplace, and so he's taken a you know, very common sense, simple approach. And so these are the types of things that we talk about. Uh, we bring up issues, we talk about them uh, openly, and <clears throat> there's a group of people that are coming to this event. It's not all Republicans. This is not a you know a Republican only event. This is not just a Donald Trump fest event. We have people that are coming that come from all points of view and what i like to say you know we we like to support you know free speech but we also like to support free association that means that somebody wants to talk about something that you don't agree with <laughs> That doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that there's an opportunity for discussion. And people are going to be coming to this event and having different points of view on things. And I think it's important that we be able to talk about those things and not be branded, you know, a leftist or a right or a conservative or a liberal. But let's talk about these things and see what is the reality of what's going on and not the narrative. And so that's what free speech is all about right now. A lot of the folks that are coming to this event are very strong Trump, Donald Trump supporters, and that's because he's bringing a lot of common sense to our, our government, a lot of common sense to our, our way of life, and I think that he's really hit the nail on the head and been able to get the core of issues people rallied around to move forward and, and, and really start doing some things that are better for our country.
1: Now, Alex, do you have any uh, representation that you know of from the Libertarian Party?
3: Well, as, a, as some people that are coming from D.C. that I consider libertarians, in fact, um, there's a fellow that uh, runs a, uh, a newspaper, an uh, online newspaper in D.C. It's coming. company. His name's Will Chamberlain. And he had just had a discussion or a debate on the concept of regulating uh, social media companies. No. And, and he and I have actually talked many times. And we kind of differ on our opinions, although our, our goals are pretty much the same. We want to fix the problem. Well, I come from... Uh, In the uh, Internet industry, I spent a lot of time dealing with regulators, the FCC, and on the Hill uh, with our representatives. And I know how the system works when it comes to regulating telecom and these types of things. And I don't necessarily believe that regulations are necessarily the solution, government getting involved, per se, and telling us what we can and cannot do. And And the reason for that is because what happens in the process of government, uh, making regulations is you got lobbyists involved. And lobbyists represent special interests, and special interests represents money. And so there's a lot of money and special interests going into making decisions one way or the other. So at the end of the day, when you have a regulation passed by our federal government, it's usually watered down. It sounds like it's going to do something uh, impressive, but it's usually watered down by a combination of bipartisan uh, compromise, and lobbyists on both sides trying to get their interests involved in the regulation. And recently, I was involved with the uh, regulation that the FCC passed called net neutrality. Yep. And as a service provider in the industry in the past, I saw the negative parts about it. It had nothing to do with actually solving a problem. It had to do with trying to address a special interest need which was dominant in the marketplace. And so just like Obamacare is the Affordable Care
0: Act, you know, the name sounds really nice. But it was unaffordable. But it's not.
1: You know, just right. like net neutrality was not
3: net neutrality. It was not net neutral. Well, it was really designed to give the large providers the advantage because they had the abilities to work around regulations with their endless armies of lawyers and their, you know, endless amounts of resources to devote to these things where small providers, regional providers had had the issues and struggles. So, you know, I've seen this firsthand. And so I like to, you know, I like to see competition take hold. I like to see market forces solve problems. And so that's a libertarian in me.
1: Yeah. Um, You're right. And
3: so, you know, this is, this is the debate that we've had. And so, um, but we're going to have lots of debates and, and right. offline discussions. So people are going to have uh, the ability to hear from
0: you know Tom Fitton about what's going on with Judicial uh, watch.
3: voter yeah. fraud. And then later on, they'll talk about it. And sometimes some of these people will go, you know, some of the VIP attendees will go have one-on-one discussions with Tom to see what's going on. Or... Um, some of the other speakers that are going to be, we've got some people that are going to be talking that are that are really in the weeds of some of these things, way deeper than
0: most uh, most Americans want to be, but would like to know more about. Right. So, there, this is basically a place where, like you said, there's a lot of Trump supporters. But if you're thinking of getting into the political fray, would you suggest that this is a place to get your first impressions because of your 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 welcoming of all all, all opinions? Yes. So the Leadership Institute is going to be doing tra-
3: grassroots training all three days, all day long. And they're going to be covering all the issues. And I think it's important if you're thinking about getting involved with politics. And I, I've talked to people all over the country, California in particular. We go out to California and meet with groups and talk to them about things. And they have pretty much the same gripes that most people do. Ah, oh, the GOP, they don't support us, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but and they're, they're
0: also, too, right? they're also so running... Say, well, if the GOP is not
3: supporting you, if the GOP isn't doing what you as the citizenry in the area wanted to do, then you've got to get involved. You've got to change the GOP from the inside. You've got to change the organization from the inside out. And that's what, we, that's what the, the Leadership Institute and uh, American Majority is going to be doing uh, this week and you know, teaching people, get people to register to vote. Run for a position in your GOP. Run positions, you know, do this, do that. And so people can feel empowered because I know so many people feel so lost. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to be. It's like, you know, in my life, you know, I've, I'm kind of a messy person. And, you know, sometimes my garage gets completely out
0: of order. And you walk in there and you're like, oh, my God, how can I even begin to clean this up? It's such a Yeah, you mess. want to clean up the world but not not your garage. <laughs> but you just. If you just start with one thing, and then
3: the next thing, and you keep working on it on a regular basis, eventually the garage gets cleaned up, and maybe you can keep it that way. You know, if your wife, you know, your wife wants to keep it clean, you keep it clean. But it's the same thing with these monumental tasks. The, the individual person can get involved with their local politics. They can get involved with their state politics. They can get involved with national politics. They can
0: do little. Or a lot. They they are in control, but they can do something. And yeah, if we they uh can make
3: change, then they can make change.
0: Yeah, we uh we feel that way here. Uh me and Ed Met before this uh station was built and all, me and Ed vet, met during the Convention of the States movement and we felt that that was our way uh using the constitution to amend it uh and uh, cut out Congress from the from the, the dialogue cuz I personally am after the income tax and amendment 17. And I'm. I was amazed at the people. I was amazed at the people that uh, he was probably talking on a cell phone. Did I? Did I lose you? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, uh, Maybe you were on on cell phone, but um, I don't know how much you heard, but I guess the audience heard, so I won't really repeat it. Other than the fact that we were involved in the Convention of States movement, that's how Ed and I met, and we decided to do this show. It came from getting involved. Um, You know, us being Cuban Americans and American Cubans. uh, we really can see communism uh, from pretty far away. So nothing the Democrats have shown me since the 80s uh, convinced me otherwise. I really felt that their uh, statism was indicative of the fact that they are the party of government, and government never does anything any right or well. And they always believe that government, for some reason, has like a bleeding heart for them, and they don't. They're just they're actually the least motivated among us and the least creative among us and the most likely to to follow the herd among us and although where we have a necessity for people to work for government for the obvious reasons it's not a place you look for to solve societal ills and most of the societal ills are from within you know you have to solve it among yourselves individually with individual accountability but yeah i agree with you that they get involved now what do you think happened to the the republican party to allow a single party System to be developed in California, because that's probably the, the 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 most incredible thing to allow those primaries, where, uh, you know, there aren't party primaries or just general election primaries. Uh, um, Ed, what was the name of the? Uh, I call them jumbo primaries, but they're not. They're called.
1: Yeah, California now has uh, jungle primaries.
0: Jungle, that... jungle, jungle. I keep on saying jumbo, and it's jungle. Oh, jungle. How is it the Republican Party allowed for a jungle primary to be accepted? How come they didn't fight that in court, and or did they lose in court? Do you know the story behind the single-party system in, in California? Because it's impossible for a Republican to win. And yet, I don't know, it, uh, these primaries are, are fairly recent. That, that's something that should concern us all, because that could spread to other states. Well,
3: it's, a, it's kind of a symptomatic thing, you know, if you, if you look at it from an organic perspective— Um, plants will grow towards the sun and you know the party of the, the democrats in california and lots of other places basically have grown because their ability to spend money and tax the public gave them the ability to continue to grow and spend money and tax the public so the incentive there was to continue to grow the government because the government could provide more services and make the go- and the public more dependent and If you look at California, that's very a very dependent population in there because it's such a there's so many people living in in places like Los Angeles and San Diego that public services are very important, and so it's an incentive for the government to become bigger and more powerful and that seems to be the direction the Democrat party wants to go, whereas the Republican party seems to be destroying itself because it wants limited government and so there's not an incentive there but i think that you know the public needs to realize that you know that this direction is not the way to go we need to make more balance we need to be a little bit more bipartisan we shouldn't have one party dominating the other i think it's very important that that we do have a very balanced bipartisan system and i think that that it does allow for uh Different opinions to be discussed and different ideas to be tried. If they fail, you go to try something
0: different. Yeah, but uh, there is a, there is a bit of a, a a little bit of flaw that I must disagree with because you're kind of you're kind of assuming that the com- the the company which is the Democratic Party who's had so much power. We're talking forty five years in one instance and twenty eight twenty year twenty eight years in another instance of total legislative power. Uh, in the United States, and they've made some serious mistakes. So why would they allow us to come up with new ideas that would unravel their power? Because they've created the third largest economy in the world, which is the U.S. government all by itself. Why would they negotiate in good faith with us when you can see what they're doing to the president just because he's winning? Uh, I'm not so sure— I kind of like the Wayne Root route, which is, you know, no, don't back down, never say you're sorry, you know you're right, tell them the facts, plow through this. And I think I'm more interested in kind of incentivizing the independent party to get off their pants and have a platform for once and rid ourselves of the Democratic Party that are completely Looney Tunes. Uh, do you c- completely disagree with me? I mean, based on what you said, are are you open to the possibility that Democrats are just not a viable party anymore? I think uh he's
1: still there? Hello, Alex?
0: Oh, his <laughs> cell I'm not going to repeat that either because, you know, what the hell? People won't get home from work, you know?
1: Hey, Alex? Yes, I'm back. Okay, I'm, uh, no I'm problem. Not,
0: hey, Alex, you know, think, this is... I keep dropping my call, but I'm not dropping anywhere. I'm just sitting here. Okay. Yeah. So, but no, I, I um, the premise there is that, you know, the Democrat Party in California specifically is focused on power as opposed to service to the... To the yeah, public. but that's no different than Washington, D.C. It's obvious yeah, by the way they're behaving. General, yes, in general. And so... So when you when you take that,
3: that, that you see that these, these extremists that are now taking the power that they've got to try to create, you know, extreme situations that really are not balanced and good for the country. And so that's one of the things that we have to kind of watch out for. But I think that um, if we can try to get people back in power, get some things going on in California and some of these other larger uh, states that have, you know, significant control over the vote in our country, uh, we can probably start seeing some more balanced policy on both sides because I I don't really like to see any particular one party have dominance over the other. In fact, it would be great if we had a more balanced three-party system because I think there does need to be a third party, the independent group. Um, Right now we have the Libertarians and we have the the Green Party that are kind of the spoilers in the group, but we really need to have a a strong third party, I think, that represents
0: Wait a minute. Now we're heading towards Europe. Now we're heading towards European uh, (laughs) before you know it, we're we're splitting these parties up and yeah. now we're doing yeah. coalition governments
1: yeah if you look at alex third parties are spoilers in american history
0: well they've they've they're deciding all the presidential elections so well, far
1: they're they're spoilers they never win but they can spoil they can cause you to lose
0: no and someone comes I agree. And that's what that's what the problem has been is it's never been a strong third party but if you look at
3: where the core problem is i think the convention of states has really addressed this part uh, really, really clearly, in some of your philosophies, and that's limited government, you know, basically limited terms, right. um, not letting these people that are in government become so powerful financially uh, with their with their backers um, and balanced budgets. You know, I think if we really treat this country uh, like we would treat our own home, um, then things might be a lot better.
0: Okay, well, let me pose this one for you, which I've done many times at convention estates. Everybody who wants to talk about balanced budget amendment. Have you ever thought of the Democrats getting 60 senators again and raising taxes to the point to balance the budget and therefore nobody can argue with them? No, because we would get... raise taxes anyway. Yeah, well, guess what? They would have a constitutional mandate to raise taxes to balance the budget and taxes would go right back to post-World War II, 75 to 90%. And that's basically what they told you what they were going to do and now you're giving them a reason with a balanced budget amendment. And in term limits... Uh, that's another answer. That's another. Uh, Co-
1: Convention of States is not in favor of a balanced budget amendment. We are in favor of limiting uh, spending by the federal government. So that's something to be worked out. But a balanced budget amendment can uh, backfire by of creating an excuse to raise for taxes, Democrats to balance the budget. In, and that happened in Illinois where they had to raise taxes in order to balance the budget. And they overrode they could the. could have just not raised taxes and uh you know cut something out of the budget well that's guess
0: what in that case no,
1: that's right that's an
0: issue governor romner not, but voted it down I
1: like the convention of states because i'm going to be making the presentation for the convention of states and i think we have a we're going to have a very good argument basically we start by saying that washington is broken and it's not going to fix itself and the points that are uh, broken are just the, the out of control spending the excessive regulation and interference with local life. uh, And finally, uh, we are in favor of some term limits, term limits for congressmen, for senators, for judges at the federal level. And I think we should have term limits for members of the administrative branch because they're there. I'm going to have I'm going
0: to I'm going to give a term limit to my co-host. Okay.
1: yeah. So that's so that's what we're going to be talking about. There's also always uh, people wonder whether there's going to be a runaway convention that could, uh, for example, repeal the Second Amendment, and that is very unlikely because in order to get an amendment through, you need uh, 38 states. So that means that 13 states can block any amendment. So we're we're very confident that there's not going to be a runaway convention. Justice Scalia, before he died, came to agree with us. Mark Levin agrees with us, and I would say whenever I hear about a runaway convention, I say, look. Right now, in session, there are four runaway conventions going on. Number one, a president with a pen and a phone doing whatever he likes, regardless of the Constitution. Think of DACA. Number two, the judiciary branch legislating from the bench. That's A.K.A. Obamacare. Where's the right to privacy in the Constitution? Where's the right to dignity in the Constitution? Number three, you have the Congress, which is dele- over-delegating to a fourth branch that's not even in the Constitution. They're shirking their responsibility to legislate, and they spend all their time raising money for their reelection. and instead the fourth branch, which is a fourth runaway convention not provided for in the Constitution, is doing all the regulations. In fact, they write the regulations, they enforce compliance with them, and then they provide uh, administrative law judges to adjudicate whether you've broken the law. So. I think uh, we have a very good argument for convention states.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, we're going to be talking about a lot of things at the American Priority Conference um, this week, and we are going to have more uh, events after after this uh, event. We're going to have uh, we're going to make some announcements at uh, at our gala about our next event, and uh, we're going to try to make this particular uh, festival event a regular thing every year. Um, we may go to some different locations. We've had some people have asked us to go to uh, the out west, and so we're going we're gonna to evaluate that from year to year. But uh, right now, uh, Florida is the hot place, uh, ramping up for the 2020 election. Yep. There's a lot of Republicans in the in the uh, Trump supporters in the state of Florida, and we feel very welcome here. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, Washington D.C. not so much. Last year, <laughs> last year was a, a, a bit of a, of a hit or miss as far as people being interested in what we were doing. But we did have a lot of Antifa activity. Uh, we had calls every day from the FBI telling us that Antifa was planning on doing something to our event. So we had a lot of uh, security and law enforcement. But here at the, uh, in Florida, at the Trump National Doral, they have a beautiful wall surrounding the property. And yes. we uh, filled the wall the they, you know, people asked us why we picked that place
0: well, because Trump bought the wall it was a Trump property, but it was because they provided us the best value.
3: We saw I think fifteen places in Florida. And the Trump Doral provided us the best, best overall value. And they had a nice venue. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, very secure, um, a very safe space for us to have our event. And so we're looking forward to this one this year. But if anybody's interested in checking out, we're still taking registrations. You can register on site uh, as well, uh, AmericanPriority.com. Uh, a lot of people to see, a lot of things to do, a lot of fun to have, and, and some memories to create.
1: So you think that for next year, the G7 meeting of uh, nations should be held at Trump Doral? Uh, It's a perfectly
3: acceptable location. You know, the fact that, you know, it's owned by the Trump family, I think, shouldn't matter whatsoever. It's a great place, great golf resort. I'm sure everybody from the G7, you know, has, uh, you know, a great, you know, swing. Right. Um, I personally don't play golf very well. I'm dangerous, I think, so I'm not going to be playing, but I will be driving a golf cart around and, and filming and, and talking yep. to people and, and doing some interviews. But
1: you say it has also very good security because of the fence.
0: Wall. They, have a, they have a beautiful wall around the entire property. Wow. It's a gated community, yes.
1: Well,
0: All thank right. you very much for your call, and I, I, uh, best of we'll luck to you there. this weekend. All right, great. Good talking to you guys. Y'all take it easy. Thank you bet. You.
1: All right, Manny. You gotta go. You gotta sign up. I... I can get you a deal.
0: Get me a deal.
1: Seventy-five dollars for all three days if you use the password "ready," R E A D Y, and you observe as you do that you are a resident of Miami. So there you are.
0: Oh uh, well, Key Biscayne is not Miami. We're Keepers Well, Canyon. you're
1: a resident of the Miami area.
0: We're K- Cuban. We are
1: well, if you want to pay the Rock. Car, I know you're a Key skiner, so you insist on paying full freight.
0: No, I insist on being driven over there. Okay. Escorted. No, no, no. Taken yeah, yeah. to the back golf entrance.
1: Car. Don't get you a golf cart so you can get around. Yeah,
0: because that's how I hang around here. You know, that's how I roll. All right. So now that you embarrass this radio program with your insistence on term limits, no, how are you planning that. to fix that? Because you are so wrong, all There's of you a place are. Place for
1: term limits.
0: Yeah, uh, judges. That's it. Yeah, judges. There not you go. congressmen, not senators.
1: Well, with the uh, well, now wait. You if, know what
0: the you the know the mediocrity elected, out there and waiting in in Florida elected, alone.
1: If the senators were elected by the state legislatures, then I would it would be less of an. Term idea. limits has
0: gotten the parent trigger law, terms, amendments, not amendment in twenty three years. Be, because of term limits. No. You that's don't understand. Not. You that law, the it's a, empowerment law. Yes, in Florida, from nineteen ninety six. From nineteen ninety six, nothing happened until two thousand ten. Why? Because everybody was termed out. No. That's then not the whole story. and then when I used it in twenty thirteen, I yeah. arrived to amend it, and there again nobody and you haven't been able to amend it since. No, you you're missing it. You're missing. What I what I say at the convention of states, you have to take it in. Remember the name of the radio station, Blink Radio. You need to thin slice your thinking. Okay. Always break it down. Malcolm Gladwell, the book is called Blink, as in yep. Blink Radio. I call the station Blink Radio for that reason. Anybody who wants to read the book, I would love to sell it to you, but you know you got to go to Barnes and Noble. Blink Radio. Okay. You go in there and you understand what I mean by thin slicing. You have to think and stop talking rhetorically, talking just to reply or talking just to rebut or just talking for the sake of talking. No, talk to inform because you are thin slicing. When you turn people out, granted, I'll give you the fact that once a name is branded, they can run forever. It's very hard to win a reelection. Right. But at the same time, they have to be given an incentive, or they have to reach milestones to run for re-election. Why don't we qualify them to run for re-election? How about attendance records? Hello, low? could be thin slice. Because if so you turn, how
1: are you going? How are you going? Coming along and getting these things adopted?
0: I'm only, I'm just going around shouting off, blaming people like you. In other okay. words, if I come up with the idea. Someone has to grab the idea and make it happen. Why? Because I already did my part. I came up with the idea. Because if I lobby my own idea, guess what people do to the they kill the messenger. Why? Because it's self-aggrandizement. No one likes the guy who generates the idea. They only like the idea and they're upset that they didn't come up with the idea. So they're more likely to attack the messenger. How how do, how do the great ideas come to being? Other people embrace them. Hello, I only know of one exception of where the idea came came to fruition, and the idea behind Google. Those guys really marshaled in, found the money, and made it happen when no one else will. And guess what? Who owns a good chunk of Google? Stanford Endowment owns a big portion of Google worldwide. A percentage of Google's earnings go to the Stanford Endowment because Sergey Brin and his buddy, I forgot his name, uh, went to Stanford and said, hey, we graduated from this school, you know. Uh, SBA told us a to pound sand. To um, uh, what's his name? Um, ran against Bush. Uh, what, uh, Ross, uh, Ross Perot told him to go pound sand. Why don't you guys put up some money? They put up a whopping $100 million. How about them apples? The Stanford Endowment. Now, tomorrow, when you and I are in our grave, mm-hmm. you'll see that the Stanford Endowment will be larger than the, than the Harvard Endowment. Mm-hmm. Going back to term limits, don't you see that when I arrived in 2013 to amend that freaking Florida Parent Empowerment Law 100233 Clause 3B, they were soliciting, advocating, and lobbying for the second legislative year, a petition-based parent-trigger law because of term limits. Nobody knew that the ballot-based one was law already.
1: That's that's no excuse. Just because people are term-limited doesn't mean...
0: They they have no knowledge of what passed in the past. So
1: that means we don't know the history. So did they know that we have... A Declaration of Independence?
0: And I do know that you're far as hell away from the uh, from the microphone. Do
1: they know that we have a Constitution and a Declaration of Independence? I bet you
0: they, was, they didn't know who they, signed it, they who they didn't passed know it, about it, and they didn't know just about the because, Bill of Rights.
1: Just because you, uh, they were not in, in the state legislature when the statute was passed is no excuse for not knowing the statute was passed.
0: Oh, oh, fine. But because of term limit, it was so. No, and a person no, like me. no excuse for that. Okay.
1: You can't just say, oh, I, I you know, the world. I just I nailed
0: the, uh, the nail in the coffin for, how the, for the stupidity of term limits. It breeds mediocrity. In a massive system that is our 50 states, when mm-hmm. you have people that are termed out simply because of time instead of because of attendance, you've got mediocre government. And guess what else happens? Two other things happen. What else? Musical chairs, guys, girls, termed out in the Senate, now running for the House, going back to the Senate, running back for the they House. They should be going back to
1: their businesses, their private life. Most of them
0: couldn't. That, that's
1: couldn't, what the founding fathers did.
0: Yes, and the nation was, what, 3 million people? And now we're 320 million people?
1: Now people didn't live as long.
0: Okay, that might, be, that might be so. Now you're going back to eugenics. Uh, not eugenics. <laughs> <clears throat> Now and there's another problem with term limits and end up being the crescendo the uh, the 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 highlight of your career as a private citizen elected office. It's now the career building fellow who right. run, you get a younger legislator now, 20something, 30 something who's going to be termed out and begins his career after putting that on his resume. I served two years so in the Florida legislature. Yes, uh-huh. see what you're doing? You are setting yourself up for failure. Now, 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 shame on all of you at the Convention of States for for insisting on term limits. So I'm going to heckle you. I'm going to go to Doral just to heckle you. The minute you become term limit prone, no! Absolutely not. You guys are crack addicts at Convention of States. It's wrong. Now, I understand that you can have Nancy... Say it from the from the from the upper stands. Term limits, term limits, term limits. But don't, don't dare me. That's all I can tell you. Now your day is what? Saturday?
1: No, Friday at 11:30.
0: Are they going to let you speak again on Saturday, or no? Or they're testing?
1: So Saturday, I'm going to go to the uh, prayer breakfast
0: with Sarah.
1: And there'll be a lot of other. Yeah, there'll be a lot of other. Like uh, Wayne Allen Root is speaking on Saturday morning at 1130. So that should be interesting. It'll be two full days of a lot lot of stuff going now, why on. Why
0: didn't you plug our station when a gentleman here to uh Which uh, gentleman? Mr. A- um Alex is I'm
1: gonna plug it when I'm there.
0: No, I thought about plugging comp tickets for me to get there so I can go oh, as a Democrat.
1: You want, oh I don't I know. I want free that. stuff. I wanted to be Democrat. I didn't, I didn't do that.
0: Now, you understand where that was going. That that's like a, a Romney in hiding there. You know, great effort. I know the internet, da 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 but he really thinks like we can negotiate with that other party? No, that's wrong. I mean, come He's on. Totally on he, that. Yeah, man. This, uh, this party is not even reasonable. They've gotten everything they've wanted. And guess what? He didn't mention what I always talk about that okay. you haven't seen find importance. And I wanted to say it, but I couldn't butt in because you're always raising your hand like, let him talk, let him talk. Yep. The moment to say one big question. Sir, wait, wait, time, 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 Alex, wait a second. Why are we negotiating with Democrats? Do you realize that what we need is to win 60 senators, for Christ's sake? You know when was the last time we had a filibuster-proof Senate? And he would not be able to answer that, as most people don't. Don't, don't, don't you see that we are not a majority party? Granted, we haven't earned it because we continue with the small government, limited government, blah, 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 blah. and then we create the Department of Homeland Security.
1: Yeah, that was totally uh, wrong. So, yeah, yeah, the you biggest know, biggest government bureaucracy in the world in in America, anyway.
0: Yeah, page eighty six in thefiscals.com, dot the book I wrote to reinvent the United States. By the way, it's coming along. We're almost done. And we're going to please Ed Vidal, and he has to buy 6,000 copies.
1: Of what? Of the uh, the Fiscals? Of the Fiscals, the reinvention,
0: of the, reinvention of the United well, States. you
1: know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over to Books and Books and ask them to have an author event for you.
0: Uh, aren't you trying that with someone else? Yes, what? I'm
1: not having much luck.
0: See, so what Wilford chances the
1: are
0: they don't want anything to do with him?
1: They don't want i they they're so far to the left they don't want anything to do with any centrist or conservative. so i am i imagine
0: my book my book will'll be burning burning them outside
1: well, we need well so we need to find a place where we can have come a on book i
0: coin, i coined the phrase demicomi and progressive virus in the book okay within the first page <laughs> first page right after the table of contents i'll tell you I use we'll this have
1: to find is there some place where we could have a uh, a book event
0: yeah thing? at a fire station.
1: The fire station? Where
0: is that? Yeah, so uh, just a fire station. How about that the, way they're uh, going to hose down the protesters museum, right away?
1: Museum of the uh, uh, Cuban Diaspora in America. Is it, do you know? Are you familiar with that? Would that be a good place to? have Right a book there event on
0: the, for in you? the in the Five Points over there on Coral Way and yep. Third Street. That would be a nice place. I feel very homey there.
1: All right. So let's see if we can have a book event. Sponsored by WSQF ninety four point five FM.
0: See, look at that! Can you believe that? Yeah, is that Jesus self game. is that self-aggrandizement or what?
1: No, that sounds you know you'll, you'll be the. Uh, I remember
0: my goal is six thousand books you because if my book if my book were to sell six thousand, I would beat Jeb Bush by one book.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Because you know he sold five thousand nine ninety nine, so if I get to six thousand, I beat him by one book. And yeah, I always you, told you Jeb
1: autograph the books right.
0: I'll have Jeb so autograph mind. the books. Because it's, it's, you know, I told Jeb, Jeb, I'm going to write a book and it's going to sell more than yours. And he cracked up. And what can I tell you, man? I, it's, I'm in a situation where I find most of you all just rattling off a bunch of catchphrases and talking points, but you don't thin slice. I don't understand why you don't want a thin slice. What do you mean thin slice? Get to the heart of the matter. Get to, like he said it, Uh, what actually, a lot of people want to like uh, uh, invent the, the medicine we need for this ill we have, and they don't want to actually cure the disease. Well, guess what? If you don't really get to the heart of the matter, you'll never have a populace interested in politics unless they're excited about the idea behind the politics. I'm telling you, Trump's wall could have been well on its way if it had a train on it. And it served as a wall for the obvious reason, but it became a commercial artery. It became a a civil works project. It's anything but a wall, anything but a stupid, rusty, stupid fence that you can see through the other side.
1: Well, I'm surprised that you're not going to be going there having your own uh, half-hour talk on the fiscals, on your book. You're you're going to have to go on a book tour.
0: I understand, but Next guess year. what? I would need a public relations firm. I would need people I talking. I would Stephen have to answer. need someone talking about me as if I was then Snow White that just came down from the heavens to bless you with my wisdom. We
1: can get you a public relations firm. Look at
0: Trump in my infinite wisdom. <laughs> if, Turkey, uh, if Turkey does anything to my buddy the Kurds, are in trouble. Well, the media is already all over it. You're leaving. Dude, you're leaving the border. Insanity. Abandoning our ally. You know? It's I'm telling you, it is what it is. If we don't reinvent this country, you're you're just falling into incremental reform. And in that case, Democrats win that argument because they'll convince you to do a balanced budget amendment. Yay! And guess what? People like me will. If you think there's 11 trillion overseas from um, of American corporate money sitting overseas,
1: no, it's come back because Trump produced huh uh, put a balanced
0: budget it. amendment. You see how fast it flies right Where's back out. Where's it gonna go? Huh? Where? Anywhere but here.
1: Well, other places are worse.
0: No, China won't tax you that high. Well, those commies those commies will say, hey, ah, oh, well, well, you're wonderful. America, America is such a big country. We're such a small country. Uh, keep your money. Uh, why does Walmart deposit so much money in China?
1: I have no idea.
0: Hell, you can. Uh, you know what's very appealing uh, these days? Eastern Caribbean currency, backed by the pound sterling. That currency could take off.
1: What do you mean, Eastern Caribbean? Where in the Caribbean?
0: Anguilla. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh?
1: Those islands don't even exist after these hurricanes. No, no.
0: That's Remember, that's farther south. That's uh, farther. Okay. It's far away from Puerto Rico. They do get hit, but they're giant rocks floating in the middle of the sea. They're very high up. Um, their waves, you know, just brush up against them. They don't. I-, I wonder what this storm would have done to a place like Anguilla, because I've been there, and it's just a big rock, and it's got uh, sheep and some bushes. It's got an Ace Hardware. That's what I went to right. go. I went to go see it. <laughs> I went to go see the Ace Hardware. I thought that was pretty cool, and. Uh, and that's uh, that wasn't the reason for going it was uh, actually to go uh meet a friend of mine who uh, inherited a huge chunk of the beautiful sandy beach mm-hmm. and um it, uh, a beautiful story of of how he acquired these lands from a a grandfather who was a who was a slave uh sugar uh, cutter from Haiti who on uh, who was shipped out to Anguilla in between harvests and guess what he did with every penny he earned? Okay. As a sharecropper, he bought land that nobody wanted in Anguilla. And it turned out to be 45, 60 years later, this $300 million piece of real estate. How about them apples? And I believe this Anguillan law uh, forces upon Anguillans uh, uh, the approval of more than 51% of their land that has to be improved by the government. So it has to be really appealing developers for the Anguillans to uh, approve the, the deal if the Anguillan doesn't own 50% of the sale. Well, that's a, that was a, a terrible side note. I just, uh, you provoked me into doing that. It's your fault. Everything's your fault. It all started with this term limit thing. Okay, yeah. so we'll see what happens um now, who's our next caller since you since you seem to be uh, on a dating site on your uh, on your Anna cell phone?
1: paulina Luna, who was formerly with uh, turning point u s a she's worth Ben Benito uh is running for Congress on the Republican ticket she's got to go through the republican primary, and you're
0: expecting her call today no yeah oh now her yeah. really Anna Paulina was. Yeah, up? she was
1: here. She's called before. She's called before. Uh, did you ever meet her at the Turning Point USA? I have not. Oh, okay, uh, so she's called a couple of times. She's going to be calling the, uh Charlie Chris. Now, I, I understand where is that congressional district? You know, Florida. And, I don't um, know. What can uh, you tell us about Charlie Chris? What what kind of a district did he win?
0: You know, uh, you you kind of you kind of set me up because I don't have the the knowledge that you think I do. Oh. I, um, I believe it's north of Tampa. Okay. Somewhat he's familiar
1: Pinellas County?
0: I think it's north of that. Okay. And um I, I I can only assume it's part uh a part of Tampa area, part of Pinellas County, but if, I believe it stretches out to the center of the state and a little bit north of the state. Gainesville? Uh perhaps. Uh, uh yeah. Um why don't you why don't you like uh, grab the map and that way we can discuss it with her or sh- or we just Put her on the hot seat. She's got to describe so her district what, what to us. What do
1: you think Charlie Chris thinks of the uh, Democrat leadership? For example, do you think that he's supporting this impeachment?
0: I don't think he does.
1: But he's going to have to. I mean, every—I no, don't believe I, so. I, I, have you seen him on the list of uh, dissenters? I hear that there's five or six Democrat congressmen that are not going to vote for impeachment. But Pelosi has about a 17 uh, congressman uh, margin, so he, she can lose up to 15 or 16.
0: What I believe think? I believe they won't even call a vote. That's Why my ask, prediction. Don't
1: they, don't they have to call a vote eventually if they want to send up the articles of impeachment to the? Senate? I don't think.
0: They, I think he's already called their bluff. Go She's ahead.
1: Not really uh, have a vote in the in the house.
0: I think there's too many people who realize the obvious. There, the 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 nation out there, like our man Root said, Wayne. It's all media hyped support for the Democratic Party. The average, yeah,
1: but that media hype goes a long way with the uh, Democrat base.
0: Not that they got a job and they were unemployed. Not that they're making no, money. No, not that they no, got no. a tax a people break. People
1: working in the pr- public sector, they you know they're not affected by economic activity so much. It's not like their businesses are going to take off.
0: I don't think there's too many Americans that, that like to see their president impeached. Well, uh-uh. no, that's true. Um. I think the exception back in the day was Nixon only because they heard his tapes. They didn't want him impeached either until those tapes came out. And uh, quite frankly, he was on the road to a second term, which he won, and he got us out of the Vietnam War. There's a bunch of reasons to like Nixon, and yet he was impeached because of those freaking stupid tapes. He doesn't have those tapes. He's not impeached, man. Those tapes set him up. His voice, him colluding with others to— So
1: do you think uh, that—so there's not going to—you're saying there's not going to be a vote. On the House floor. So what's going to happen? And if it's there
0: is, sure. if I'm wrong, it will get defeated. It won't.
1: That could be.
0: It will be defeated. They just won't call it. They have too much. So what are they going to do? Just keep uh, mucking around? Mucking around, pushing it around. They have the media on their side, making more than it is. Uh, Trump has this incredible ability of not giving a, a frickazoid. And uh, I would love to use bad words right now. It's yep. like the perfect, uh, the perfect time to use bad words is right now. Right. It's He's uh, he's not necessarily, like I say all the time, he's a phenomenon, fellas. He's not even a conservative. So what are you guys upset about? He governs like one. Tax cuts is a conservative. Uh, deregulation. Deregulation. Conservative justices, he's actually judges. a Tea Party president, and he's probably never uttered that word in his life. You think Trump has ever, ever solicited Tea Party support? He just assumed he was going to get it. And he did. <laughs> he got it. But he also got a lot of Democrats. A lot of people who watch that show, you're fire We're a bunch of Democrat primetime viewers of Cornball TV, and he just used them. If I can just get their husband and their wives who watch my show but to vote for me, I'll delivered win. delivered
1: for them. Uh, and unemployment is at a 50 year low.
0: Well, I don't uh, like using unemployment numbers because when Obama used them, yeah, I thought well, they were full employment of it.
1: Unemployment is up. And also, I believe the, that labor for lower level jobs is increasing at a higher rate. So he's.
0: He's I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing I could say for Trump, as far as, uh, as far as victory for me personally is obvious. And you'll probably agree with me. Is the the judges getting judges in there? Because that's what that that's what is the test of time for a Republican president. Yeah, well, How,
1: tax cuts, and then deregulation. The tax cuts at-
0: again is it's it's not it's not a thin sliced idea because. They go back up again. No, no. They, we well, Reagan tax cuts, and by the end of his eighth and year, was he, was, a lot of he was increasing taxes. There was
1: a lot of reform in the tax system. Uh, the United States went to a but, territorial system, not a worldwide system, of taxing your earnings. Uh, and then deregulation. Explain to the audience that. that, that especially the energy and environment areas. But no,
0: you you used a, a, a set of words that I think the audience would like for you to expound on.
1: What's that? Okay. Uh,
0: worldwide taxation okay. in, in
1: america under the united states tax law before the trump reforms a corporation that was doing business around the world had to pay taxes on its income wherever it was earned so if they earned the income in europe they had to pay for it like they had earned it in america and that is inconsistent with the corporate tax law of every other developed country in europe and east asia so uh, in those countries, you only, the corporation only pays for what it earned in that country. So the, the Trump reforms provided for the same treatment for American corporations, and that was a big improvement, a big savings. So for. now the
0: audience really appreciated that Absolutely. because it's very so, clear to me now. And
1: also, we our corporate income tax rate was at 35%. It was the highest of all the developed countries. We brought it back down to 21% which is where these so-called socialist countries like Scandinavia have their corporate tax rates. I think we should go lower. Uh, Ireland is at 15%. You know,
0: How about eliminating the income tax? Well,
1: uh, eliminating the corporate income tax, too. That's fine.
0: But, no, no. I'm talking about the wage. I always make that mistake. The, Not the income tax. I, want, I don't want to repeal the income tax, although I have to because okay. of the way it's written. But... Just the tax on wages. If you make an hourly wage or a salary wage, you cannot be taxed. That's yours. You can only be taxed on what you do with the money. In other words, once you receive your wage, if you buy a stock with it and it makes money because you put yourself up for risk and you use public infrastructure for that stock to make money, that corporation, if you buy IBM stock, IBM has to use an expressway, a port, a Navy.
1: Now you sound like Elizabeth Warren. You didn't build that.
0: No. I'm saying that. You can only tax stuff that I put up for risk, okay? or that can appreciate in value as a result of other factors of the economy, like real estate taxes. The reason why you pay real estate taxes is because it has roads to it, it has post office near right. it, it's got
1: schools, It's you know, got then. schools
0: near it. All these things increase in value of your property. And you also are risking the very fact that the school goes to crap and then you have blighted property. So hey, it is what it is. But man, wages, man! I can't believe people are taxed on their wages. That's bloody murder. You work all these hours, and then they give you back some money, and you think they gave it back to you when it was yours to begin with. And they make you pay for your retirement. How about if I don't want to retire? How about if I plan to die at sixty? I mean, how about if I don't want Social Security? I could care less if I'm living under a bridge. Why is it that? Why is it that my priority, my prerogative, you know? I have no
1: idea.
0: You don't have no idea because you don't care. That's why. You're one of those guys who just happy as hell that you got your Social Security.
1: I don't have my Social Security
0: yet. What do you mean you don't? You're not 65?
1: I'm 62.
0: Oh, you haven't received Social Security yet. That's why you had that look in your face like you could see it down the road. You look like you could see the stop sign. You don't know whether you're going to step on the brake just yet. So are you going to collect it right away or what?
1: Am I going to what?
0: Collect it right away?
1: I don't know. What do you think?
0: I think you are. I think, man, as soon as you turn 65, shh, you know, Katrina, don't let him do it. Don't let him. Unless, of course, you get to collect yours, too. But Katrina's like, so much younger than you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she's not going to get
1: looks a lot younger, too.
0: I agree. I'll second that. Wait a minute. That one deserves, oh, I don't have my standing ovation sound effects. Sorry, Katrina, I don't have, you know, my typical empty water bottle for sound effects.
1: So are you going to go to this event?
0: Uh, I don't think I can go all weekend.
1: Three days?
0: No, I would love. I would love to.
1: Friday and Saturday, you get to hear me, and you get to hear Wayne.
0: I uh, I really want to. S- I could care less about either one of you two. I just want to see Kimberly Guilfoyle.
1: She'll be there uh, Friday at five p.m.
0: And she's gonna probably stay the three days. Or no? I don't know. Because once she sees me, she'll want to stay the three absolutely, days. Absolutely, absolutely. And she'll, you know, I'll. Uh, you know, I'll tell junior hey Junior, sorry, we're going to scan. I'm gonna show her where Nixon's house used to be. <laughs> oh God, so she's got to
1: come here and party and I Friday. just got a reminder of two thousand twelve, man you know I was I was Biscayne. the
0: most handsome fat guy at the at the g o p convention in Tampa.
1: you can ask her about Gavin Newsom
0: um. I'm going to try to predict what perfume I smelled back then.
1: Was the convention, Oh, was uh, Romney's uh, convention in Tampa?
0: That's a, absolutely.
1: I was in Tampa on election day with about 120 other Republican lawyers, and we were manning what was in effect a conference, polling station. a conference center or a phone bank to answer questions from poll watchers around the state.
0: Oh, about complaints and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, problems that they had. The, the Romney organization was, was totally incompetent. We knew that right away. It was they really it was a Romney just dropped the ball completely. He really didn't he didn't fight. He didn't uh, put up a good campaign even from a technical point of view, not just the ideological, the technical point of view. technically they were incompetent.
0: Yeah, he came across as Woody in Toy Story. He was like yeah, a Woody candidate. He's
1: complaining about Trump, he has no standing to complain about Trump. He's lucky to be
0: even senator yeah and, and
1: all those people in Utah elected him. he's not really very worthwhile. well
0: he uh you know he partied on that Olympic uh, success and all that. I think he's he doing a
1: good job there. He's a good private sector executive.
0: He actually would have been politician. a good senator if he would have shut up, but he didn't. He blew it on Benghazi. Every candidate that runs for president has an October surprise. It's happened I don't know six times straight already. There's always an incident in October.
1: That puts them to
0: the test? Puts everybody to the test. And Trump, it was
1: Access
0: Hollywood? uh, Uh-huh. Yep. And it happened in October. Uh, Benghazi for Romney. Uh, Obama, in his first run against McCain, something happened in October that was very, very, and uh, McCain blew it. I I can't remember what it was. It was something uh, traumatic. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to have a show on that, the October Surprise. You should have it. I discussed it with a lot of people, and they come up with Octobers, during campaigns like there 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 also moments uh uh in um i believe the october surprise for bush was no new taxes and then it cost him his re-election
1: well, but he sh- he should have stuck to it i believe that you know, it was Ross Perot but, got 19% of the vote in 1992 in the presidential race uh, slick willie was elected president with 43%
0: yes and
1: that you know uh, uh, old man Bush should have stuck to what he said. He was a liar. He lied, and he deserved to lose. I hey, voted for him, but he, he deserved to lose.
0: Even after the success in Kuwait and everything.
1: No, no, he blew it. He, he was a Come liar on. and a wimp. He
0: he, he have showed gone up that dad
1: a... and taken out Saddam Hussein. He was a liar and a wimp, old man Bush. And he screwed you know you up. know
0: who masterminded him. But it
1: also tells you. You
0: remember he, who did that? In who did him in? Himself. No. Who?
1: George Mitchell. Uh he he allowed himself to be George he, Mitchell he wrapped a little
0: thinks, wrapped him around his, his finger. Have
1: done not anything. If he had said no, there would have been no. The other thing is that Ross Perot's run was an example to uh Trump that a th- a, a third party never works. American politics for two over 200 years has provided the logic of two parties. One party or another party. Third parties are always spoilers. Absolutely. That's all they do. I'm glad to hear that, Alex, if you're still listening. Trump understood that, learned from what Perot had done. If Perot had primaried President Bush, Perot would have given him a hard time and might have won.
0: And make him a better candidate.
1: And made him a better candidate. So Trump, to his credit, did not run as a third party like some people. Like I asked about libertarians. I thought uh, Alex was wrong about... Promoting third parties. Of course, you have not. to go through one of the two existing just, parties. Just
0: use your binoculars, look into Europe, and see what yeah, third, four, or five. And look part- at
1: Israel; They've, they're having one election after the other because they have
0: so many parties. Forget it. So the thing to imagine do is, the little tiny Arab party in Israel now, example, deciding the election. Right now, the
1: Democrat Party has been taken over by the extreme left socialist. I'm not so
0: sure it's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't believe so because Nancy Pelosi did not want to launch an impeachment inquiry.
0: But she is just as extreme as all the other ones.
1: She's she is slightly less. Come crazy.
0: on. She passed Obamacare. She's extreme. I,
1: well, I agree. And you know, Donna Shalala. But do you see the fault
0: in not thin slicing that whole concept? We all start following each other. Not many of you guys, you go and start repeating their old talking porns. Oh, the Democratic Party is it, taken over by the extreme left. They're been. all extreme left. Always extreme left.: Yes, they just have young people that are better looking. <laughs> it's, they're being taken over by the better-looking well, people. here's
1: My theory. I think that the extreme left, the, the young socialist League, which is now uh, dominant in the Democrat Party, is they don't care if they lose this next election. Think about that. They don't care.
0: Well, they're actually better off they, in a Trump they second term because they can just scream leaders. and scream. They get,
1: if, they, if the Democrats lose the next election, 2020, Trump has a big victory, which I expect, and other Republicans uh, have a, a very good turnout. Uh, I think that the, the far left socialist youth wing of the Democrat Party will be happy because it will allow them to get rid of. They're geriatric leaders like Pelosi and the rest of her, Schumer. Group. Schumer, maybe. I'm not sure if they can do it in the Senate. Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin, yes.
0: Durbin, Durbin. I'm not
1: sure if they can do it in the Senate, but definitely in the House, you're going to see a fight. If the commie squad can survive.
0: Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Brumenthal. That's the worst of them all. Dick Brumenthal. Yeah.
1: Dan Ang Dick from y- Connecticut. Wow. Who lied about his service in Vietnam. What? Forget a- it.
0: What a piece of rubbish, man!
1: Yeah, no, he's a real low, uh, low life. Uh, but and think, Kamala was no, uh, so a dirtbag. They were
0: all—they all showed themselves. I think, mean, it's funny how you say they're, they're far left, yeah, and yet you completely ignore what they did during the Kavanaugh hearing, where they all look far left to me. They're
1: all far left. I agree with that. I, you know,
0: come on, their behavior was so deplorable. So it's disgusting.
1: You, do you think that the uh, commie Squad will all get reelected to their seats in Congress?
0: I haven't researched who they're running against, but I agree are,
1: a lot of them are being primaried
0: um I, think, I think uh they're,
1: they're Republican candidates that are getting ready to go up against them
0: if they if they if they do get primaried uh I think they'll beat whoever they're primaried, and I don't think a republican will beat any of them except for Omar. Because I think she's gonna be convicted of something I of think. What?
1: Excessive marriages? I
0: think uh, she committed some kind of immigration, immigration fraud. Immigration fraud. That's probably right. And those people don't mess around. Uh, it's kind of really strict law. Uh, immigration stuff is pretty strict. They, yeah. you know, There's not a jury of your peers. It's just some judge saying, y- you're the board. Administrative law judge. Yeah. So you're up against the administrative state. Do they really want to squeeze her. I don't think it benefits us. I think having her in power, uh, having her in a seat, all of them, that whole squad, I think... It's masterful. I would love to so see. Do
1: you think that the Republicans could take back the House?
0: That that's going to happen. I, this yeah. impeachment thing will do that. There's yeah. so many Democrats that love Trump. It's not even funny. Candace Owens said it best, and she's probably the only clear thinker. The Republicans to win this only need 10 percent more Hispanics and Blacks, and they've already got right. that. They've I already heard. got that in the bag. 10 more than he already got. Right. So adding to what he already had.
1: Yeah, he got he got 30 percent of Hispanics. He can definitely get 40. I think yes,
0: and I think that's going to happen because the border, the border states, Mexicans and 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 us here, uh, we're going to do that for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Ed Levandera, for instance, I believe he's Cuban, and uh, he's reporting the disaster that is uh, the border states. And believe me, border state people are up up to here with illegals because they got jobs to keep too.
1: Even Hispanics like uh, Mexicans in Texas.
0: Yes, man. They're trying to keep their job. Absolutely, especially they've only been working probably like five years straight for the first time in their lives. They want to keep their jobs. Um, The whole the whole talk about losing Texas, um, I don't believe so. I believe after the
1: Beto came very close to being yeah, but that was people have wised up because of the shooting and the other because of the
0: shooting. That shooting made Texans Texans again. How many people were kicking their spurs after the shooting and started packing their pa- they started packing themselves again mm-hmm. Now remember you, you have Dallas, which is liberal you have all the cities are pretty liberal yeah, because yeah. they're conflict of interest voters, and that's the biggest issue we had I Welfare believe. dependent, any type, even if you are getting a social security check, you for some reason think that money wasn't yours, that they gave it back to you or something, or that, that you know uh, the average folk think that Social Security wasn't their money. That's like some kind of retirement gift. No, dude, you paid it. You paid, you paid for it in, right. Okay, and on top of that, it made terrible returns because of right. what they're paying you back—it's like if you earned zero I agree. interest. Yeah, I agree. Plus, the devalue of the currency between the time you started paying and the time you got it, yeah. your currency went went to crap. They're
1: paying you with inflated dollars.
0: Yes. So there is, uh, there is, uh, there is a day where my generation has to say to the next generation, "I'm giving up my Social Security." to save yours. And I believe this should be 1964. If you're born in 1964 or sooner, you have to give up your Social Security tomorrow. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give it up. Now, of course, people are going to say, yeah, but you live in Key but you don't That's need right. the Social Security. I don't think anybody needs their Social Security, quite frankly, because you're only going to be able to pay cable with it anyway. So turn off the TV. Start reading a book again. You know, it's like what I say for schooling, you know, when you reform school, how about you just get rid of the textbook? You only need a textbook for one subject, and they're both associated with each other: math and science. Mm-hmm. You know, periodic table and all that stuff. Right. You, you know, there aren't classics in science. You know what I mean? There, but everything else is just repetition, fast reading, man. Teach people how to read fast as hell by the third grade. Fast, fast, fast. Read, 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 read. Get off the TV. Read. And my biggest. Failure in in life has been all the books my mom gave me I did not read. And all the decisions I made because I didn't read them. And when I started looking, just looking, going through the books in sorrow because my mom fell into dementia and Alzheimer's, I went to my bedroom of my house where I live today. I go to my old bedroom that is actually my daughter's room now. Mm -hmm. My mom is obviously in the master bedroom. I want her to die at home, and I'm living with her. So I sold my home to move in with her, and I went into my bedroom, and I went into the closet. My big closet I had a big closet. Oh, my God. I saw all the books there. It's the saddest thing. And the beautiful notes she would write to me. Son, she would call me in Spanish, my name, the nickname for my name, the, uh, you know how the Manuel Angels or Miguel's are, Mayitos? You ever heard of Maye, Mayito? Mm-hmm. Well, I was called Maye to her. And I wouldn't have picked my spouse the way I did. Um, I would have... Uh, what
1: books were these? Why don't you let's well, talk about them.
0: Uh, uh For instance, Think and Grow Rich. Um,
1: so what about some of the classics? Like, for example, Keith Flaw has recruited uh, me and has included me in a list uh, to, of people to review books... Oh, that's right down your alley. Bob. for... Uh, for students in the Florida public schools, and he sent a list of about thirty or forty novels, and he wants everybody to read them. But these novels are trash.
0: Oh my they're God, we'll say trash. so.
1: Since they're written since twenty ten, they're you know he oh he that them, that recent. Yeah. What about I the said classics? He's written that recently is not worth reading. No, that's not true.
0: I, Malcolm Gladwell's books are well, kicked are okay, kick butt. Starfish and Spider so, is fantastic. Okay, so
1: here's what, I, what I'm going to propose back to him. Well, they should be reading. Uh, They should start with Homer, read the the Iliad and the Odyssey.
0: Okay, what do you find? uh, Because we were asked to read that. Not that I did. I must have. That's a great book. I must have stolen the clip. I must have stolen the. You would love it. I understand, but I did the Cliff Note.
1: Read the Cliff Notes. That's fine. Well, it was just to
0: pass uh, like a homework assignment. I remember it talked about in Jesuit school. Yeah,
1: but the scene where Priam, the king of. Troy comes to collect the body of his son Hector and he and Achilles have a a conversation about you know the meaning of life and they don't have an answer that's very poignant that's that gets you thinking uh, you know the the, uh, the the Iliad is a great great story everybody in the Middle East everybody in the Roman world everybody in in, in liberally educated in the West would know about it and would have maybe not read a word to per word but that's a good book. Why can't uh, kids in the Florida public schools start with reading that? Start with and then go to read *The Odyssey*, about Odysseus and his uh, his you know uh, adventures going back home. And you know there was a point in *The Odyssey* where Odysseus is in Calypso's cave with a nymph, Kirka, Circa, Circa, uh, banging the nymph and inhaling hallucinogenic substances and all of a sudden he decides that he wants he wants he needs to go back home to Ithaca for with his wife Penelope and his son Telemachus and that's that's what a baseball game is about the runner wow. the, the batter is trying to go back home and the pitcher is the cyclops trying to prevent him so that you know every baseball game is like an improvisational reenactment of the odyssey from that point to the end so
0: kind of was, like a marriage
1: yeah, it's like a married he's going back to his wife.
0: You're trying to go back to your mom after you married your no, wife. No,
1: no, you cannot go back to your <laughs> mom. And here he was, you know, in Calypso's cave in the Mediterranean. Uh, you know, they're having a good time. So, so that's you know, that, there's nothing wrong with it. Then you go on to some of the the histories, like Socrates, the Peloponnesian War. He 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 looks into why do men go to war? Because of fear? Because of ambition? Uh, and they're you know there there's and they're afraid. It's like uh, Wall Street. You you buy. There's greed and fear, and that's the same thing that and, he and pain. You got
0: to add pain it. in there somewhere, no? Pardon me. Pain is a motivator too. Well, right. right. He, well, afraid. I guess that's tied and to also, fear.
1: Honor was a big factor back then. They didn't want to lose face. So he he wrote the history which he participated in of the war between Ath- the Athens and the, their allied cities and Sparta and their allied cities and back and forth and the tragedy of. Of the Greek polis, the Athenians, which lost. So, you know that's that kind of history will really get you thinking. And you know,
0: and what grade do you believe that they, people should have read those? I
1: think high school is fine. No, I, but you said, you said high school, and I
0: said grade, and that. you say high school. I, well, Thin slice, man. Primary
1: school is fine.
0: Give me a grade fin- for Homer. Fourth grade. Homer in fourth I read grade. It
1: in, in Spanish translation, uh, it was popularized in José Martí's *La Edad de Oro*. Get so a copy he, of that. And that, that has a summary. The, you talk about Cliff's Notes, and then I read it word for word in uh, in college. But my introduction to Homer was in in uh, fourth, third grade.
0: Wow. And, I wasn't it, expecting you to say that. It was,
1: And I read it in Spanish. It there you matter. have it. So that the, early, huh? Uh, Jose Marti was ver- a very good writer for children. He had a book, La Edad de Oro, where he introduces you to the cl- the great books. The classics uh, of through Western. a book. Pardon me. In other words,
0: in his book, you would. In his
1: book, so then you can go and pick up the actual book. Uh, you know. The, That's brilliant. Yeah, well, so you, you And gotta, without commission. You ought to practice your Spanish. Read Jose Marti, La Edad de Oro. It's a great. Well, book I have, for I have, in
0: I have a group of books, and I would like to use the next seven minutes to uh, to expound upon from the book the Fiscals. Okay. I have a, a reading curriculum for okay. high school. Okay. And, but, unlike, uh, like you, I must admit I'm guilty. I don't specify what grades to read each book. Yeah. Because I, I mean, broke it down in philosophies that I'm articulating in the so book.
1: Why don't you send me an email of that list? No, you're oh,
0: supposed that, to go I to the can't. website. It's free. It's free on the Yeah, it's free on the website. And you haven't.
1: Are you going to have it printed on the book?
0: It's right there. I'm going to read them right now.
1: Okay, go ahead. Let's now, here.
0: What's really cool about my book, yeah, is nothing in my book can be said. Right, what comes from these books? These books did nothing for me other than inspire me. Right, to galvanize my points, but okay, it created the creativity that that I believe. And that's better than reading some recent
1: novel, right?
0: Well, depends. Depends what you think. There are some that here that you'll recognize because they're obvious for All right, let's conservative. Hear. Okay, it's all based on understanding what the progressive virus is. Okay. The progressive virus is a politically bipolar disorder, a mentality where you you your obsession with equality creates inequalities that are completely contradictory to what you attempt to achieve. Therefore, your your hard drive is scratched. It's not a biological bipolar disorder, it's a political bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and it's a virus that it's not biological, it's computer virus. In other words, you're like a talking parent re- repeating things that are fracturally wrong. Look up the word "fracturally wrong." It's a idiom that was created by bloggers, so it's not in the Webster's dictionary. So, understanding the progressive virus, you need to read these books: "Propaganda" by Edward Bernays or Bernays, by who? Edward Bernays.
1: Oh, okay. Propaganda. When was that book published?
0: Oh, those start delaying me because the list does not say the years. Okay. Oh oh I'm just gonna read the list as I have it on the website. Propaganda. I obviously don't say the years. Propaganda by Edward Barnard Barnays. The Marketing of Evil by David Capulian. How evil works by David Capulian. The Road to Serfdom by Frederick Hayek, yep, which I believe I believe you read that in law school. The New Road to Serfdom by Daniel Hannon. Yep, that's that's a, a recent parliamentarian yep. in, in England. This one's a very cool a guy who helped Netanyahu win one of his uh, presidential elections, Under Dogma by Michael Prell, And that's to understand the progressive virus. Now, to understand the progressives' intuitive failure in self-reliance, in the art of self-reliance where they have no idea what they're talking about. Now, these are really cool. You know what? Okay. The Creature of Jekyll Island by Edward Griffin.
1: Now, that's on the Federal Reserve Bank. Yes. And a it's. The creature from Jekyll Island. That's a good.
0: It is super long. And quite frankly, there's a flaw at the end, which kind of unravels the whole book. You got to see it. It's only three sentences. And okay. he just undermines himself in three sentences.
1: And what's the author's name?
0: Edward Griffin. Okay. That's what happened, how these central bankers was, got together. Jekyll Island, Georgia. Yep. Then they killed everybody that served. On the island so that nobody had a record of what occurred there. Okay, The Battle of Bretton Woods, which is a book that's very common in for MBA courses. Ben Stell, The Omnibus Parallels by Leonard uh, Perkoff, which uh, was an Ayn Rand uh, acolyte. Mm-hmm. Roosevelt Care, The Disgusting Nature Behind Social Security by Dan Watkins. Freakonomics by Steve Levitt and Steven Dubner. Yep, Freakonomics. freakonomics. You know, they,
1: they're on at Sundays at eleven a.m. Steve Dubner has a program on NPR on Freakonomics. Really? Yeah, it's sometimes interesting. Yep.
0: Okay, that book kind of bothered me a lot.
1: What do you mean, bothered you?
0: I di- uh, I uh, I didn't like that uh, the predictions they made came to being
1: They were true. <laughs> they were
0: true. Yes. You didn't like it. I didn't right. like it. I didn't like it one bit. Okay, and then of course Anne Rand's book, uh, Objecti- uh, Objectivist Epistemology." Yeah, I don't know. That one's that one's right on the money. Uh, world famous after she died, she she nailed it. And um, uh, sometimes it's the right course of action is a self righteous and self uh, uh, self interest right of action because she believed that it's contagious. If you make yourself better. It's contagious to your sphere of influence. Everybody you raise the, the level of all your okay. all your peers, your peer group, including your children. That's supposed to apply to siblings too, but in this case, hmm. personally did not. Um uh, Bill Bonner's this book is kind of freaky freaky because it talks about fracturally wrong things. And it's called Hemageddon by Bill Bonner. Uh, kind of a wacky book, the way Bill writes it. Uh, it, it it's mm, how would I say? It's not even a book per se. It's just a bunch of wacky things that everybody thinks are true that are not, and yet we all repeat them. So uh, have at it. Now, understanding your this is philosophical in nature. This is now you're getting you're getting a little older in life. You're still in high school, but you're getting older. Therefore, understanding your sense of center. Rediscover Catholicism by Michael Kelly.
1: Forget it. Are you? Uh, I'm surprised you're not at the Amazon Synod with uh, Pope Francisco. Remember, I'm a Catholic,
0: and you're a, 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 you're in protest. Therefore, you're nothing. So I'm the alchemist, which is Paulo Coelho, and that's not either one of our faiths. So I'm pre- basically breaking down your spiritual awareness to open your eyes to a sense of faith that is might not be something you've adhered to in the past. There's a reason for the ma- for this remember I'm reinventing the mind as well as reinventing the United States. That's the whole thing about the book. Uh Abraham by Bruce Feiler. that's a beautiful book about Abraham. Um um uh, Abraham it's not Abraham Lincoln, it's the Abraham. Okay. The old man. Yes, the old man and who's the he created the the trifecta that is our three faiths. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Criminalization of Christianity by Janet Flogler that book uh that book twisted me a bit and uh it was the it was the reason why this country has made a a turn to the left why uh because it's no, it was no longer uh sinful uh errors of omission were no longer sins mm. and instead they criminalized uh l- uh believing in something greater than yourself. In other words, it used to be really disgusting to be adulterous. Mm. In other words, to cheat on your wife or cheat on your husband was like really shunned by society. Mm-hmm. Today, eh, what the hell? You know, eh, we'll get over it. right? Okay, okay. and then, of course, Tipping Point from Malcolm Gladwell's a series of books, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And then On Being Certain by Robert Burton, M.D. On Being Certain, I believe, is... Uh, a book that uh, pretty much uh, made me stick to what I believe in and not really listen to the opinions of others. Uh, Why We Make Mistakes, Joseph Halliman. Why We Make Mistakes is kind of like a book by Stephen Covey, which is a book that why the bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Okay, now uh, the next group of books, again, you're getting older in age. You haven't graduated from high school yet. But I believe that these are intense because uh, if you're going to have a life after college, you got to go with understanding yourself. So, Understanding Objectivism by Leonard Pykov. Something You Should Know by Clement Watt. Something You Should Know by Clement Watt is the first billionaire commodities trader that died completely unknown. And he left all his money to an orphanage. Uh, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. The story of uh, these famous people that you think are so famous, but it it was almost a given they were going to become who they became because of the outlying nature of how they grew up. Okay, Gifting Hands by Ben Carson. Thinking Big by Ben Carson. Logically Fallacious by Bo Bennett. And Logically Fallacious by Bo Bennett. I'm sorry, I must correct myself. The Bo Bennett book is the one uh lists a bunch of anecdotes and narratives and, and talking points that are just not true. They're fracturally wrong. So excuse me for misinforming you about the previous book. It's Logically Fallacious is the book I'm talking about that there's so many things we repeat that are just not true. Like, for instance, oh, please pray for me. I need I need everyone to pray, I pray for my mom, for something, or everybody to pray. Well, group prayer is a misnomer because it assumes that God would only listen to polling of prayers. Think about it. God, you want what's best for you by just you praying. Asking others to pray for you doesn't mean a hill of beans to God because he's not taking a poll. Get it? That's fallacious. Pray for me. I need your prayers. I need everyone to pray. Well, that assumes that God is taking a poll and therefore will bless you. It's
1: good for you anyway. It's good for the prayer. It's good for the person praying.
0: Right. But it's fallacious in nature because God doesn't take a preference. Like, well, Mandy, but, I w- I will pray for you. See? See what see what happens? Make America great again. Okay, now understanding central planning in public education. Oh. You know that that has to be Leipzig connection, Paolo Leone that talks about how the Rockefeller screwed everything up. Of course, I give my boy Glenn Beck kudos here with Conform, how he tra- how public school trained us to conform to Follow our nose, be led by the nose, all that. Uh, get out now. Mary Rice Hansen and Teresa Farnham just said, the hell with Manny. Don't listen to what he said. Just get out of public school. Put your kids in private school at all costs. Do whatever you have to do, but get them out of public school. I got to hand it to them. <laughs> they would have saved me a lot of grief because I'm insistent on reinventing the public school system. They're just telling you, don't waste your time. Get the hell out. So I put her on there. Objective communication is Leonard Poikoff and he... He's an Ayn Rand, uh, um, yeah, objectivism uh, guy. Yeah, then understand America's manifest destiny. That's where I come with. We deny our manifest destiny, excluding Cuba from it. It comes from these series of books. Who wrote that? Bruce Feiler, America's Prophet. Bruce Feiler, that's a Glenn book-inspired book. Inspired book. Who is he? What does he do? Bruce, Fe- uh, Bruce Feiler's just a religious guy. Um, he, t- he ties it with America. Uh, the the Great Promise. That was America, yeah, and uh, yeah, like uh huh. And then Liberty and Tyranny. Our boy Mark Levin, yep. the Liberty Amendments. Mark Levin, Berlin, nineteen sixty-one. Frederick Kemp. That's very important. Uh, Reagan of uh, Reykjavik by Ken Alderman. Uh, there's a book uh, called uh, Guantanamo, which is where I uh, I realize that Gitmo free zone is the only answer because of lefties like this guy who thinks that Guantanamo is this mess, uh, that we should have never used it as a base all that. But it gives you the idiosyncrasies behind Guantanamo that makes it the most important base in our history. And China, Fragile Superpower by Susan Schrick. And then there's only six books left. Okay. How to be left. How to Sorry, how to be left. How to be like Walt by Pat Williams. That's... Walt Disney, how to be like him, creativity-wise. So that's understanding creativity is the subject. The starfish and the spider, which just blew me away. These uh, how to think in this today's age, how to think differently, using pictures and videos in mind, and think outside of a much larger box, not just outside of a box. Uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, totally cool. And of course, Blink, Thin Slice by Malcolm Gladwell. Now the last one is understanding freedom's masquerade. That we're really not as free until you think like me. Like who? Uh, yeah. ha! Like Mack on the Rock on right. WSQF 94.5. All right, well,
1: today we don't have Adam Levinson.
0: You're you're, in, you're interrupting me. Oh, okay, or right. Anna Paulina, either. You told right, me she was no, going to be... She She didn't call, see? She must have heard me say something. Okay, Understanding Freedoms Masquerade, and that's Freedomonics, like Freakonomics, but Freedomonics, by guess who? John Lott, your Speaker of the House.
1: More gu- oh, John Lott. Lott. No, more guns, less crime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Drumming Down the Courts by John Lott, and Dreamers and Deceivers by Glenn Beck. The stories of the greatest inventions by thieves and dishonest people. And with that, we'll end our show the Concrete Conservative, here to reinvent FM radio as we speak.
1: Okay, and we say goodbye to Anna Paulina. For,
0: Anna Paulina?
1: She'll be uh, at the uh, conference this week.
0: I'm just crazy on you, Anna Paulina. So we're going to go with that song by Heart, 1976. Stay free, my friends.